Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Car Chat. On this episode, I have Alex Goy at A1GOY on Instagram and Twitter. He is a freelance journalist and presenter. He's presented for X Car back in the day. He did a lot of those videos and he now does some presenting on the Car Faction YouTube channel, but also writes for magazines and various internet blogs and stuff like that. We had a really good chat. We got into all sorts of topics. So sort I've of discussed, you know, general car stuff and then started, ended up at one point talking about mental health and things like that. It was a really, really good chat. It was great to have him on and hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Alex. Hello. <laughs> The Car Chat podcast in uh, in my lounge. It's a very lovely lounge. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks for coming down. So could you sort of introduce yourself a little bit to the audience and sort of say who you are and um, like what you do? Yeah, I, I, I hate talking about myself like this, so I'll, <laughs> I'll try and make it brief. Uh, my name is Alex Goy. I am uh, an automotive journalist. Uh, I stand in front of a camera and talk about cars occasionally. I write about cars. I you know, if anyone asks me car-related questions on the internet, I try to answer them. That's pretty much it. I mean, professionally, at least. Yeah. That's that, that's that's what there is to me. I, I write stuff, I say stuff. Um, and hopefully people get something out of it. That's that's pretty much it. Well, that's, I think, for a lot of people, that is, that is a dream. Yeah, it's um, not bad. <laughs> I, so I first came across you, I think, when you were presenting for X-Car. X car, oh, way back when. Which That's... was, I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, well, I started there in March 2012. Right. Um, I was approached by a man called Drew, who is still there. He kind of founded it. Yep. Um, and he, he basically took me out for far too many beers and said, we're setting up this thing. 
because the, the parent company is, is uh, CBS or, uh, and it's now connected to CNET. Mm. We're setting up this thing and we want someone who knows some people and can talk to camera. And before that, I'd done a, a, a podcast with some mates because I was trying to break into automotive journalism. Oh, and, and was the podcast your first thing? Um, kind of. It was that and work experience. Okay. Um, because I graduated university in 2008. And in case, uh, for, for some of our, our, our younger listeners, 2008 was when all the money stopped happening. <laughs> um, there was no money anywhere, uh, none to be found. Everything was spiders. It was awful. So um, trying to get a job in niche media was pretty much impossible. So I kind of did work experience and bounced from magazine to magazine, website to website. And I just thought, you know what? While this is great, I'm not, me- I'm not putting my mark on anything because I've never really feel like I fit the traditional journalism mm. or uh, yeah, but journalism mold of I am going to do news and I'm going to be really good at doing news and then I'm going to jump to this and this and this. I've always just fancied doing what I fancied doing. So I thought, you know what, let's start a podcast. So that podcast's entire goal was to get me a job. Fair enough. That, what, what was this, what that, was that this was podcast? It. it was called The Gas Station Podisode and it was recorded with um, – the setup was quite deliberate – so there was an actual journalist, John Quirk, um, who is a, he's a close mate of mine. We went on to work together. And my flatmate and another real close mate of mine, uh, cameraman Phil. He was called cameraman Phil right. because he had a keen interest in photography and wanted to take pictures. Um, and that nickname is still stuck, um, <laughs> even though like for the vast majority of pictures we took on the Podisode Flickr account, which I think is still up, God knows if it is, uh, were taken by me. And I'm a terrible photographer, <laughs> so I, d- I don't think he wants that his name. But the idea was it was a, we'd do news, then we'd do stuff what we has driven. So just talking about cars that we'd driven. It was mm. mostly John doing all the driving then because I was still an intern bumbling around town. And then it was stuff on the web that wasn't crap. So cool car stuff we'd seen. And it was about 40 minutes long, uh, 40 minutes to an hour. Um, we rec- we first we tried to record it in a different car each week. Right. Yeah. But three people in a car kind of limits. It's quite tricky. It's quite issue. tricky because the two people in the front have to kind of be turned round, or the person in the back needs to be right in the middle. And so that was about that was a bit rubbish. So we ended up uh, jumping around one another's houses. Um, but yeah, the the, the setup. So. John was the voice of reason. He was the one that, that knew all the things. He was the one that brought credibility to it. Yeah. Um, Phil was the everyman who didn't know much. And I was the loud shouty one. And the idea, Ideal. Yeah, well, the, 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 the idea was to, um, to, to kind of stand out. And it, it works, actually. Like, we went up being invited on launches. We, we met loads of people. I got bits of work through it. That's really cool. And eventually, through people and recognition, and in no small part with the work experience and meeting people on that, ended up with a job at a news agency. And I, I lasted five months, and then I was offered this gig at, at XCAR. And it was great. I was told, make the videos you want to watch. And it was kind of, it was, irritatingly, it was just at the time when drive um came on uh, came onto youtube because google it was right at the same time there's this this talk of uh universal coincidences so two different people in different countries invent the same thing at the same time um that That happened it was it was unfortunate but the thing was they they had an an enormous amount of, of of google money and they had some amazing talent and we had less money but we had us and we were making stuff that was very different. We weren't about the big skids. We were, we were about storytelling and, you know, they, they had some, they had some incredible shows 
And we we made some really cool stuff, actually. Well, looking back on it, I'm always very, very proud of the stuff we, we did do. You know, XCAR was, was so much fun because it was, it was a learning experience for me as a person. One, in script writing, which is a passion of mine now. I, mm. I, you know, when I present videos nowadays, um, you know, I enjoy getting to grips with the script. And if it's something particularly meaty and something particularly uh, historical, it's always fun. You know, and I got to meet some incredible people just asking questions about that. So I ended up talking with Richard Porter. Um, uh, you guys may know him as, as Sniff Petrol. He's yeah. the he's the former script editor of Top Gear and The Grand Tour. You know, I end up having chats with him saying, so how do you make scripting good words right happen, Hal? <laughs> um, and he was like, brevity is key. He's like, if you, uh, well, that was the one thing he said. I think we may have had some wine at this point. Is if you watch one of the old Clarkson power tests, it's only about 600 words. Oh, wow. Which that doesn't seem lot. like many words, does it? <laughs> Yet you learn everything about the car, which I think is just staggering. So yeah, it's uh, the script writing absolutely adored. The presenting some of that early stuff is rough, man. You know, me and uh, the the producer we had a chap called Nick Wilkinson. You know, we were we were learning as as we went because Nick was used to shooting stuff, but not necessarily cars. He just yeah. loved cars, and I was used to presenting stuff. But what was, it was the size of your team at that? Point. Three, just three of you. Yeah, so it was uh, Drew was the boss man. Yeah, still is. Nick was the producer, and I was the host slash journalist. Had you done any talking on camera before um, that point? Oh yeah, right. So while I was interning and while we were doing this podcast, I decided I was one of the places I interned was a site called uh, oh, what was it iMotor. Now iMotor was a really brilliant idea that was eighteen months ahead of its time. So it was it was while I was interning for Auto Express magazine. They had this digital offshoot um, that was edited by Car Wow's Matt Watson while he was still at still at um, Dennis Publishing, and again, really small team. I think it was Matt and a couple of writers, and then a couple of freelancers, but uh, who were, had previously been writers and, and hosts. But then Money Geddon happened, um, and everyone had to be fired. So it was great that there was an intern who was going to turn around and be like, "Yeah, yeah I'll do everything <laughs> for free." And uh, you know, I, I went out and assisted Matt on shoots. I worked there for on and off for a, for a year or around maybe six months just doing stuff. And I saw Matt doing his thing and I thought, you know what? I want to do that. So I started teaching myself. So there are, and I know they're still there because I, uh, I had to send one to someone. I did a weekly news roundup from my bedroom at my rented flat in Putney. Um, nice. So it was a handy cam on a stick, not too dissimilar to the setup we've yeah, got over yeah. here. I had a, um, I didn't use the mic we used for the podisode, though I may have done first time. No, I didn't for the pieces to camera, but then I mixed it with voiceover. And the early podcasts were recorded on this over-ear mic that my flatmate had gotten free with some video game. And so the, the, the podisode sounded rough, but for voiceover and teaching myself how to do it, it was great. The thing was, they're all rough. Like, I can't edit videos for Toffee, but I... I kind of learned some of the process and then learning to get the script down and then publishing it, watching it back week on week, um, learning how to get a new story over quickly because you wanted to keep it short. One, because you wanted people to watch it, but two, because the longer the video was, the longer I had to spend editing it and that was a massive pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of I kind of did that myself and then eventually I got picked up by a mate of mine who was starting this thing called Smoked Out. And he went, oh, will you do some hosting for us? And I was like, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be mega. Um, and it was, it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was, it was an interesting experience. And that's, it was that stuff, I think, because I'd done some bits for Auto Trader 
as well, but not much. Uh, it was that stuff and uh, with little kind of on the road videos we did for, for the podisode and, and things like that. Cause there, I think there's a YouTube channel with that still out there somewhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just like talking at a camera and doing, and then yeah, Drew took me out for a beer and it was mega. And then I, I was, you know, we, 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 we learned as we did. And yeah, as I say, some of, some of my early stuff is rough. Some of our, some of my style choices, definitely dubious. Uh, <laughs> um, oh boy. I, I still get mocked about, I think we ended, we ended up at Pagani, which was mega. Like, um, I just dropped off a Morgan three-wheeler at the Morgan factory and I got out of the car. It's just starting to rain. I thought, oh, I best check my emails. And in my inbox was this uh, email from their, their former PR guy mm. saying, would you like to, we would like to invite you and your crew to come out to the factory um, to interview Mr. Bagani and drive, and drive Huayra. So, Best email ever. It was a pretty good email as days go. And my producer, Nick, was recovering from some sort of dental surgery and was mostly painkillers at this point by tech i just screen capped the email and sent it to him and by the way and it was just a stream of swear words with i love you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I i turned up in some dodgy uh double-breasted coat i picked up in a sale somewhere and a very red scarf which i still have i love that scarf um but the comments were were savage <laughs> <laughs> the internet is a horrible place. It's and a good place. It's it, it's 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 a terrible place, but it, it is also a brilliant place. It's a brilliant place when everyone agrees with you, and it's a terrible place when someone just picks on you for the sake of who you are and yeah. what you look like. The trick is well, there's two tricks to it. Either read the comments and don't care. That's um, hard. Well, it it get it it gets easier. You have to have quite a thick skin because I used to be absolutely fine with it. My first death threat really screwed me up. Ooh. Um, a guy didn't like the fact because we made a video about the BMW 4 Series when it was new, yeah. and I said it's a great car, but the name's pointless. You know, it was, it was a decent frame for a film. It was, it kind of made sense. It was yeah. there was a review of the car in there, and it's we got three talking series. about it, it. Could be a coupe, whatever. Yeah, it's it's a three series uh, coupe. That's that's yeah, and, death row. And yeah, some some guy was like, we, uh, he needs to be killed. Like we need to need to take him. Was out. that just in the YouTube comments? Just in the YouTube comments, but it was the first time it happened to me, and it really screwed me up. Um, and then. I've had a few since, but I don't really care. And some of them are just comical. So I, I, I had a, I have, a, I think, yeah, I definitely do have a, still have a hashtag thing on, on Twitter called from the comments. And there's some gold in them, their yes, hills, just quite good inventing badly, platform. badly spelled nonsense <laughs> from people who just, who just having a bad day. And it's, uh, I, 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 the quote's been attributed to, to Jack Nicholson. I don't know whether it's true. I haven't done my due diligence on it, uh, due diligence on it, but you know, they're thinking far more about me than I'm thinking about them. Yeah, hundred like, percent. I I don't get why they get so angry, but um, yeah, we we X X car was was mega fun, and then in 2015, um, and then 2016, we changed the name to Carfection, which it still is now. We had a new. What producer. was the sort of? Was there a reason? Like, um, there, there were just... a few reasons, but yeah, it was it was time for just a change. Time for a bit of a bit of a refresh really and yeah we had a new producer charlie charlie rose who's still there now who's killing it and then i had a great kind of year and a year and a half ish left in me because the, the the thing that people don't quite or didn't quite get was that confection was a job if yeah. that makes sense it wasn't um i, I wasn't doing it or well i've i, I wasn't trying to be uh, an influencer I was trying to be a 
journalist kind of thing. So yeah, it wasn't a presenter a, paid to yeah, make videos. Pay, pay, paid to host. So I wasn't kind of going out to live the lifestyle. I was going out to write the script, drive the car and go home. You know, while I absolutely adore it, like it's it's such a privilege to be able to do what I do. I don't uh, well, at the time I kind of was, I was I was slogging myself to death. Mm. Like there were, you know, two or three, five a.m. starts a week, long days, long distances, must do this, this must go up, this must happen now. What sort of rate at that time were you putting videos out? And- at that point, it was two to three a week, which is considering the, the kind of level of the production. You know, it wasn't always me because yeah. we had we had Drew doing some, we had... Uh, some amazing freelancers. Uh, I know Ben Consturis has done a couple, I think. Um, these amazing guys called uh, Rich and Daryl who have an online mag called Motorpunk, which is, think uh, if you think about all the kind of quite serious car magazines, yeah. imagine the complete opposite <laughs> of that. Sounds like, great. These guys go on mental adventures. They're, they're, issue one of Motorpunk, they tried to recreate the car magazine road trip where they took a, a Ferrari Testarossa to uh, through Morocco, mm. where they did it in two rented Dutches and uh, <laughs> wrote one off in the process. So and, uh, th- th- those guys tell some amazing stories. So it, it wasn't always me, but kind of the, the onus, you know, I, I did a lot and I decided that I wanted to have a career. And I knew it was it was kind of weighing down on me. I was, I was working all the hours God sent. And this is something, it, it's it's not, I won't say it's a regret, but it's something that people need to take note of when they're working themselves half to death in their, in their 20s and 30s, is that I missed so much friend stuff and so much life stuff. Yeah. You know, I missed my oldest friend's wedding because I forgot I booked a 911 in. And it was the new turbocharged 991.2. And I thought, no, I've got to do this shoot. Sorry, mate. Yeah. And I, you know, as, as, as will become clear later, I really, I, I ended up regretting that one quite a bit yeah. and feeling really guilty for it. He couldn't care less because it was a really small ceremony and it was just, it was like him, immediate family. And that was really it. And I said, look, I'll, I'll come down for that. And I, and I, I didn't, he didn't mind, but I did. Yeah. So I, I you know, for, for me, it was a job and it was a career path. So I was offered in 2017 after having an awful year in 2016. I had I started to, I started off with some some quite serious mental health issues, mm. not ridiculously bad to start with, but kind of pretty much constant anxiety, constant worry, and I kind of threw myself into work harder. And it was it was for a, a number of facts. I've I've never been you know hundred percent straight off the bat. Hey, everything's great because <laughs> you know I I deeply envy people who are, and I deeply suspect people who think they are. Um, I, there aren't. I don't think there genuinely are many people who are hundred percent like that the entire time. Some people on camera are like that, but you break it down and. No one can be that happy the entire time. No, 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 no one can be. And that, well, that said, if you're, <clears throat> pardon me, when you're on camera, you kind of have to switch on the persona of everything's amazing <laughs> because, you know, it's, 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 it's what it is. But uh, yeah, I started kind of developing this quite, some quite hardcore mental health stuff and people were starting to offer me jobs. And I thought, you know what? I need to change. Yeah. Um, I, I need to do something. And Drew, Drew and I had always had a bit of a deal. It's like, if you ever wake up, and think it's four in the morning and I've got to drive a Porsche, then it's time to, time to leave. And, um, I wasn't quite there, but I just realized I, I, well, I thought I could, I thought I'd done everything I could. That wasn't the case, but I, I thought I thought I could. So I was offered a job at a starting or startup website called Motor One. 
It's this global network of websites. And I took a couple of weeks off, went to visit some friends and actually had the first holiday I'd had, proper holiday in about five or six years. Because I, you know, it was, it's entirely my fault. I was just working myself to death. Yeah. I must drive this car. I must do this. I was trying to collect them like Pokemon, which is just dangerous. And the rate the industry pumps out new stuff mm. and the way the audience, the audience just consumes. They yep. don't see any of the behind. They're just, yep. we want the next greatest video in four seconds. And you're yep. like, well, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to do mm-hmm. it. And it, it it becomes all consuming and and quite horrifying at times, but um, yeah. So I you know I I, I left CBS uh, had an amazing five years there. Like there's some stuff there. It was uh, what's the expression like? No one tells you they're the good old days until they're until they're done. Yeah. You know I look back on those five years with such fondness. Some of the ridiculous stuff we did, like it was some of the incredibly dangerous stuff we did. <laughs> And then I went to work for Motor One. It was I was going to be their their head of video, so setting up. And it was it was a far more consumer thing. But me being me, I only was in, I was only really interested in doing what I wanted to do. So yeah. I made sure there were supercars and fast cars and silly cars and stories to tell. So we had you know strands on consumer advice. We had first drives, proper road tests, twin tests, and then features. So you could tell a story with a car because yeah. that's what I wanted to do. During I lasted there. I started in the June July. June, I think June of 2017 and I had handed in my notice in the November and I was gone by February 18. It wasn't the place for me. It wasn't, I, 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 I can't say too much for various contractual reasons, Fair enough. but basically I went there, something wasn't right. My mental health took a steep, steep dive because mm. I was trying to commit myself and care about this thing that something wasn't quite clicking with, you know, and I was, you know, I, I was, I was drinking myself to sleep every night. And then I realized something was properly wrong when I was sat on the, uh, uh, pardon the, um, the, the, the crassness, but I was sat on the bog in my flat and I was hammered and I was Googling how to kill yourself painlessly. And I just kind of th- looked at my phone and uh, threw it out the room, just into, in, into the, into the other room. And I thought, yeah, this has got to stop, you know, years of, of, working myself to death, this particular situation not being yeah. ideal and me just kind of mentally trying to make it work. So yeah, I handed him, I, I had a, I had a proper, proper breakdown, uh, the November when I had like day I handed in my notice, yeah, yeah. like no energy, couldn't move all this, you know, there, there were some, don't, don't get me wrong. We had some brilliant times there. We did a, a, a five car mega estate test where we had to order ball pit balls do you have any idea in a very quiet office where everyone's trying to get on with their work and make sure no one's looking over their shoulder? Do you have any idea how embarrassing it is to have to pick up the phone and ask someone uh, if you could order three sacks of balls? <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I think I was rolling, ro- rolling around in a, in a, I, I used the boot of a five series as a ball pit. It was yeah. mega. Like we had some proper fun. fun. And we, we told some amazing stories there. When I was invited up to the, to race in Mission Motorsports Race of Remembrance. Now, Mission Motorsport, for those who aren't familiar, it's a charity that gets um, wounded service people who have been pensioned out of the forces for whatever reason, be it a, an injury in the theatre of war, in training, just in their in their day-to-day work life, physical or not physical. And it gets them 
back into work and they do all this stuff and, and to, to, to quote their or paraphrase their their CEO, uh, Major James Cameron, who is a lovely bloke. He's at Tank Slider on Twitter. He's ace. They fix broken blokes with fast cars. And every year they have this race called the Race Remembrance at Anglesey Circuit over Remembrance Sunday. It's a 12 hour endurance race. Um, so six hours one day, six hours the next. And there's a remembrance service on the on the Sunday morning. Oh, really? And it is just stunning. I've I've been there twice now, once to compete and once just to watch. And it's it's just it's it's a bunch of awesome blokes doing some seriously incredible stuff. And be to be able to go and do that was actually it's really touching. It's 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 a life highlight. It's not a career highlight, it's That's a really life cool. highlight. Um, you know, I've I met some people I'm I'm still very much in touch with through it. But yeah, um yeah, I had I had this I had this nervous breakdown. I, I was gonna go in and hand my notes in properly and and I couldn't. I I couldn't move. I was stuck for about an hour and a half two hours and it was horrible like it was it was genuinely scary so i went to you know i kind of took all the all the relevant uh, precautions i was already seeing a therapist but i went to see the doctor and got all of the happy pills very very quickly only to quickly discover they didn't work yeah. particularly well for me it was it's but the, uh, everyone has their own different reactions to them but that's kind of they they work too well for me completely nullify me and i don't like that just, yeah so i've i've got to feel it all rather than none of it and then yeah uh february 2018 went freelance and it was kind of a, a strange one is that quite a bit of like a, a leap of faith yeah well that? the the uh, well the, the the choice was stay where i was and almost certainly do something stupid yeah, or yeah. go freelance and see what happens sounds like better <laughs> it's like what which which turd do we bite into mm. and find and find out whether it's it's actually good like uh, that 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 that's that's where i was and i couldn't tell anyone for the longest time because we we couldn't tell the team and it was it was great i'd, I'd spoken to a few people on the slide beforehand so you know i'm now very proudly back doing stuff with with carfection not lots but it's whenever i have a, yeah. a, a story worth telling i'll drop them a line and say hey boys got this do you fancy it and that's great because i I really like working with them. It feels like going home to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's Henry's show now. He's doing an amazing job. Like he's taken it from 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 where I left it to where it is now. It's it's leaps and bounds different. He's a he's a proper driver. He's an amazing storyteller. Um, and it's it's just it's bang on. Really, really, really love what he's done. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm proud just to tag along every day. <laughs> so we're like, hello, I'm here. Nice to be home. And um, I'm working for, uh, I do bits for Jalopnik, yeah. which is a site I've been reading since I was at school. So it's since such a funny website. Very early days of Jalopnik. It's, it, it's, it's brilliant. I, I fell in love with it because, as I said, I don't really get on with the, the normal news cycle yeah, yeah. of very, very prim and very proper. And this is, this is the way it is. I mean, I, I can do it future clients i can write news um but, <laughs> <laughs> but um i i much rather kind of play with stuff and have some fun with it and yeah the, the, those guys are great i, I sent them a, an email I, I i dropped their editor a message saying look for reasons i can't explain I'm going freelance uh, do you want anything from geneva and the, the response was yes can you cover the show for us please <laughs> like huh okay yeah fine that's but, mega and when you're doing let's say you know do not make have said can you cover geneva mode show yeah what does that involve from your behalf do you just write some stuff and then put the press photos on it or do you run around and take some photos or um, make a video what, what so happens? for for it, it, it to be honest it depends what the client wants so i'm not contracted to anyone there's no gentleman's agreement yeah. anywhere that if someone says oh you must you, you can only do video for us that hasn't yeah, been yeah, said yeah. i mean i only tend to do video for carfection yeah but you know if asked 
you know, conversations can be had. But for it, 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 it all depends. I'll, I'll do what they ask me to within reason. I mean, no client will say, would you mind dangling your testicles over a pit of piranhas? Yeah. But, you know, n- normally, well, for, for that show, at least it was run around, gather stories. We want this many posts over yeah. the, over the two days, gather interviews, just get it done. And it was great. And yes, some of it was, some of it's press pictures. Some of it was my pictures. The only problem is I am genuinely terrible at taking pictures. I am always in awe of guys like you who are like, oh yeah, by the way, I, I, I just took this on my phone. I'm like, how? How did you take that on your phone? The best I can do is accidentally flipping the camera around and like having a massive chin. You know, I, 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 I try, but God bless filters. It just, it, it puts glitter on a turd. So it, it, it all depends what they want. Uh, who, uh, I've, I've, I found myself working in the most bizarre places as well, which is it, it's something I've really enjoyed because, you know, I do a lot of stuff for Drive Tribe now, yeah. um, which is great. They, they approached me a while back and said, do you want to come work for us? Do some bits for us? Like, yep, yeah, mega. They're super free and easy. Again, they're, 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 again, they're another joy to work for because they go, I'll just make it your own. Just do what you want to do. You've, you've, sent us, you've sent us the pitch. We get it. Yeah. Go. Sweet. Uh, which is, which it's, it's, it's a genuine dream. I've ended up working for, for a couple of newspapers, which seeing myself in print is always very bizarre. It's weird because I think as much as seeing big numbers on videos and stuff like that, yeah, like I've got some magazines back there that I've got stuff in. Yeah. And you look at it and it's printed in a magazine. And for some reason that seems to have, in, just like personally in my head, seems to have more kudos than like 100,000 views or something. Even though it's completely irrelevant because only maybe four people read the magazine. It doesn't. It's, it, it's, it's a very, very strange thing. Cause I, uh, when I was trying to be a, a work experience kid, I was working at my, my local paper in, in mm. Cambridge is where I grew up. And you know, there was that I had a byline picture. I wasn't being paid, but I had a byline picture. Yeah, you, and it you was, are legit. And I was like, yeah, I'm an actual journalist. The, the only thing looking back on it, cause my, my mum, being the hero she has collected all of them the only thing looking back on it is the byline picture i'd just gone on a holiday to greece with my then girlfriend i was what 19 or 20 or something like that and uh she had put sun in in her hair and i thought well you know i'll put sun in in mine. the thing is i had believe it or not quite long dark brown hair and i went ginger nice which means my byline picture for the cambridge evening news is this ginger bloke with a floppy <laughs> side parting looking back on it not my wisest move <laughs> would have gone black and white for that one <laughs> yeah yeah would have done should have done you no know, there, there's something about seeing yourself in in print i you know i i love all of it the stuff i do what going freelance has done is it's allowed me within reason i still have bills to pay you know i've still you know i i i, I need to eat things yeah um, I need to put fuel in cars and at the moment I'm buying silly amounts of art because uh, my flatmates moved out and I've decided I, 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 I want to have an office. So mm. I'm having an office, but it, the stuff needs to go on the walls, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I get the freedom to work with the people I want to work with. And that's, it's a position I'm very, very lucky to be in. You know, there are some, there are some people I would love to work with who either I've approached and they've said no, or we haven't really had that chat yet. There are some people who I don't want to work with who have approached me and I've kind of politely said thanks, but no thanks, which is, it, it's, it seems like a very strange thing to do. Is that the first time you did that? Yeah. Was that quite a sort of difficult decision? Or was it a um, bit of like a, a, no. bit of a mental win? It was, it was uh, because they, they, it was, well, the, the, it, was, it was a presenting job but it was connected with something I wasn't 
comfortable with working as as part of fair enough um and so that they said oh w- would you like to do this it's like a, a whole series of things yeah. over loads of weekends like do, do you fancy it and uh i kind of said oh yeah okay okay where's where's it going out and they said it's going out here and I, it took me less than a minute to go no sorry i don't want anything to do with that yeah, yeah. like it's 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 a strange one but you know we'll we'll see what happens you know with with the freelance stuff I, you know, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And when I haven't got a busy shoot day, I'm not getting up at five in the morning. I'm getting up at 10. Yeah, yeah. And I w- wake up at eight, sort out my emails from bed and then kind of go and make a cup of tea, sit down at laptop and get stuff done. And the, the difference in mental health has been massive. That's awesome. Um, within like my first year of being freelance, I saw my friends and family more in the first six months than I did in the previous five years, mm. which is insane. That's so such a huge thing as well. Yeah, like it's it's like, and I you know I have better relationships with the people I was friends with previously. It's like oh, Alex can't make it because he's off doing something. Mm. Now it's like I've I've kind of made a made a rule that if there's a friends thing booked in first, friends thing takes priority. Yeah, sometimes that rule has slipped. Nine times out of ten, that's that's the way it is. I think it's super important. Mm. Like just allowing more time. I, I'm definitely finding that as I get older. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're saying, there's certain things you you might miss, yeah. or you know, because you're doing blah 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 blah, whatever it is. And then you look back and go, well, one of those was actually way more important than the other one, and yeah. I can't do it again. Yeah, like I'm, I, my 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 oldest friend isn't going to get married again. Yeah. But you know what? That that nine eleven shoot could probably could have waited a couple of days, or it actually, at, at the but at the time it couldn't because yeah. to me it was the most important thing in the world. And as you know, I don't, I don't regret what I did, and I don't regret how it was done. You know, we had an amazing time. We built something truly brilliant um, that I will forever be proud of. But you know, I just wish I'd sort of my priorities. I wish I'd taken them a little more seriously because you know I did lose. This is all sounding very nihilistic. You're still, you're still, you're still quite young. So yeah, you well, can I'm still I'm, now. I'm, I'm 33. So. Go and hang yeah. out with the people you want to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no. So at least you're not. You haven't done what you didn't want to do. Yeah. For another 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I did want to do it. It's just my priorities were all a little bit okay, backwards. Yeah. It's it's that it's that very it's that very strange thing. Is like I I worked really hard. I was a proper workaholic, uh, much to the the irritants of, of friends and girlfriends and family. It was like, I'm working really hard so I can work even harder so I can be the best at what I do yeah. because I must be the best. That's a great and mindset. It's, it, it's a great mindset if you want to work yourself into an early grave. <laughs> um, but you know, I, the, I, abs- I think I, having said all that, I adore what I do yeah. and I'm so lucky and pleased and proud to be in the place I am now. You know, still continuing to work with Carfection, working with Jalopnik and Drive Tribe and, you know, all these other people. It's it's just mega. And yet, you know, I'm uh, and now in a far, far better place. I, I'm, I'm pretty That's sure you weren't expecting me to go. So I had a nervous breakdown and everything's great now. But, <laughs> no, it's um, fine. It's what, no, not... I don't mean mean that like that. I mean it's interesting. What what it's I real. do? Yeah, well, yes, that, that that's the because I, well, I I talk about it quite openly on Twitter, not necessarily on Instagram. I don't have much of a following on Instagram yeah. and Facebook. I kind of keep for event invites and uh, people 
as is as is increasingly happening, going, we've got engaged, or look at our... That's literally all my Facebook Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, uh, either, either look at the inside of my, my or my partner's womb, which I find <laughs> abhorrent anyway. It's like, okay, congratulations. I, you know, you don't want me to see you slash your wife naked. Why are you showing me yeah. literally the inside of her? <laughs> That's strange. Um, uh, and yeah, or, or look, 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 look at this. This yeah. is... This thing that the, no one else cares about. Yeah, but you do. And this is all my feed's going to be forever. And, you know, it's, 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 it's lovely for them. Um, but, you know, I do use it to, get, to keep in touch with, with some people. But uh, Twitter is, it's always been kind of my medium. Because when I started off, so after the work experience, I went freelance for a bit. Yeah. And by freelance, I meant I wasn't going to work for free anymore. What it actually meant was I hardly worked um, because no one had any money because the recession was yeah. still a problem. Um, but it was my office banter. So Spotify was the noise and Twitter was the banter. And, you know, I made friends through there. I got work through there. I still kind of communicate with people who I've never it's actually a really met good platform. through there. It's an amazing platform apart from all the racism. I mean, admittedly, I don't see much of that, but yeah, it kind of it seeps into mm. to everywhere and everything, or it feels like that currently. But I talk about it quite openly there. I did when I had the kind of, the 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 catatonic episode yeah. in in November 2017. You know, I, I talked about it, and I've always been I've always been quite free and open with stuff like that because very few other people either want to be or can be yeah. because there's so much stigma attached with it. Now, having spent at that point, you know, six years in front of a camera, I had no shame. There's I I I have very little to hide. Um, so if I can use that to help someone yeah that's really good then i'm happy and it's also quite selfishly it's a form of therapy for me going yeah i think a, a lot of people don't realize how helpful it can be just writing something down mm. or you know and, and like twi- in the internet yeah. you can write stuff you don't have to say it someone's like immediately into someone's face yeah but at least you've said it and you know you've done it and it, it, it just goes into the ether Noise happens, and sometimes people respond to it. So the most unlikely people respond to it as well. You know, I've, I, I, yeah, I, obviously I can't name names, but people have, have come to me and said, "Look, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. What do I do in that situation? I, I, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling quite right." Help. Yeah, and cool. you know, I've never in, you know, I'm not a qualified professional. I've just had cack mental health since my late teens, and it's it's just gone on forever and continues to go on forever it's not something i think i'll ever be able to kick but it's if i can use that to help people then more's the better it's it's especially with men it's this whole stigmatized thing and considering my my twitter my twitter following is mostly men who talk about cars yeah um some, macho men horsepower well no it's not not necessarily the 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 macho men crowd but it's kind of it's just blokes who talk about cars yeah. who have you know my age uh and a, a bit younger and then certainly older everyone's been told to hide your feelings don't talk about this don't don't react to that so you end up with a bunch of repressed men who are like why do i feel sad <laughs> but I, I i don't know what to do with this i'm really confused so it's it's kind of if if they need someone to talk to i'm perfectly happy to do it because yeah. that was never around you know i didn't have twitter when i was 21 and going through kind of some pretty heavy stuff you know there was the piston heads forum 
And their <laughs> their response was, "You're still breathing. Get over it." And I was like, "Ah, oh, thanks." Cheers. Because well, it was you know it, that that's that's the way it was. Whereas now we can talk far more openly about it. Um, and you know this the 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 straight to, to bring it back to actually the reason I'm here. <clears throat> um, but it's the the car community is actually really good about it because some of them, you know, by their own admission, go, I don't know. I've never, never experienced anything, anything about it. Don't really know. And some of them go, I've not kind of put two and two together until now. So mm. thank you. Can I talk to you about it? Or who's I? who do I need to talk to? Cause you know, car guys tend to stick together or tend to get lumped together. Yeah. As a journalist called Keith Jones, before he started working for Parkers and car magazine, he was a teacher and he had this uh, amazing blog and he, he, he did reviews and he did news and he did you know, features and stuff like that. Um, and he wrote one thing about being the car guy at a party where you're stood there with your glass of cheap wine, just trying to get through the night because you don't know anyone. You don't really want to get to know anyone new. You've got your mates. Yeah. And then the host goes, oh, Keith, you like cars. This is this is Stephen. He likes cars as well. You know, Keith being into old knackered cars yeah. from the 80s <laughs> and Stephen being into heavily modified hatchbacks from the 90s like proper max power stuff it's like yeah we like very different things while we do like the same thing in theory it's the same thing as walking up to someone and saying ah you like food this <laughs> other person likes food um but being that being the broad church that it is i think there's, there's a lot of people in there that that haven't necessarily been able to talk about stuff like that so yeah. it's it's nice to be able to help that's really good yeah but yeah it's so yeah that that was that's me <laughs> <laughs> sorry you might have no, to edit I, I that down thanks, a little bit thanks for sharing that because like, people don't or and people should be encouraged to talk about stuff they yeah I, if if anyone needs an impartial ear i'm always there on 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 uh twitter and instagram you know, so I'm a, I'm a one goy on any of on either of them. Like, just find me and say help. I'm perfectly happy to point people in the right direction. I'm not a qualified therapist. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not going to say. Well, what you really need to do is have a conversation with your mother. But you know, I can point people in the right direction. Or if they just need someone to shout at, I've had enough faceless people yeah. in YouTube comments calling me an asshole over the years. I'm perfectly comfortable with someone who said, I need someone to shout at. Do you mind? And, yeah, fine. Fill your boots, man. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thanks. I, I want to wind back to a couple of things you've brought up in mm -hmm. there. Just like, I think there'll be a lot of people out there who might be interested in going out into the freelance journalistic world. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of advice or a basic strategy for maybe getting involved or just stay out of my job? <laughs> I, I'm I'm always happy to help people so long as I don't go after my clients. <laughs> no. If they're starting out, if if you're starting out as a complete blank slate, no contacts in in the world, entirely depends on what you want to do. If you want to go down the kind of more video route or the influencer route, then it is simply a matter of getting a camera, picking it up and doing it yourself. And it's, it's, it's always, but at the same time, if you want to go down the journalism route, you want to write news, you want to write features, you want to kind of do the, do the, the auto car triple test or, or, or you know, a, a beautiful top gear mag feature. Yeah. You have to write, you have to like writing as well. Cause if you don't like writing, it is the wrong job for you because the fun bit, uh, like a launch, for example, flying off to drive, whatever 
you know, it's it's two days away. You're in a lovely hotel. You get wines, you get dined, you get trashed in the evening. You have some of the finest foods that the world can provide. Um, and then the next day you drive a very fast car and you're probably a little bit irresponsible. Though if you are irresponsible in those things, you will be found out and you won't be invited back. Yeah. But then you've got to spend the time writing it. And if you can't string a sentence together, you're not going to get sent or invited on that in the first place. So it's, it's, it's to, to start, read and write. And if you want to host, watch stuff as well. The writing and the reading is similarly important because they will teach you the basics of scripting. You know, if, if you want to, cause the, the number of people, I remember years and years and years ago, there was a, a, a chap who really wanted to get into video. And he said, oh, yes, I, I want to be a host. I've, I've borrowed this car. And he did it in a, in a two-part review, so an exterior and an interior. Kind of, it, was, it was like a, a walk around. Yeah. It was an old model, but he was like, I want to do, I want to do this. Yeah. And these things were like 20 minutes for one and 10 minutes for the other. And he was like, oh, so what's your feedback? And my response was, essentially, this whole thing needs to be six minutes. You know, you need to touch on the important bits and the important bits only. Because for a script, you can't say, oh, well, this does this and this. Does. You can't go through the touch screen unless you're a Saab Kyle, because that's what he does. Well, that's it. Exactly. There's, there's sort of the conventional construction, journalistic host video yeah. type approach. And then you get these guys that do the super a forty-five-minute video on a seat or something. Yeah, and that's cool. Like, I, <laughs> the the internet is a wonderful thing. It allows people of of all different churches and, and perversions to find their jam. But this this guy was like, "No, I, I want to do what you do, so yeah. I'm I'm going to do this." And I watched the show and I said, well, "You know what? If if you want to do it the way I do it, then it needs to be shorter." Mm. And he went, "No, you're wrong." <laughs> I was like, "Well." All right. Why did you ask me in the first well, place? Why did you ask me first place? Um, so it, it again, it, it depends on where you want to go and what you want to do. Um, you know, it's a crowded marketplace. You have to find your own jam if you want to go out. If you want to just be yourself and say, "Look at me, I'm great at cars." That's cool. Just make sure yourself isn't the same as everyone else's. Yeah, it's got to be interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's got to be interesting. It's got to be different. Uh, and if you want to go the journalism route, I wouldn't say go and do a journalism degree. It's one, of, it's one of the either the best or worst pieces of advice I've ever been given. I'd been working at Autocar for, or Haymarket for months as, a, as an intern. Again, money getting. There was a keen kid. You know, I, I was Piston Heads news guy for three months. Mm. If, uh, but I was commuting to Teddington where they were based from yeah. Cambridge every day and they weren't paying me anything. Uh, we eventually convinced them to pay for a, a B&B up the road. So at least I didn't have to get up at five and get home at 10 and yeah, just that's... rinse and repeat because that's insane. And uh, I, I sat down with Steve Cropley, an industry legend, like super lovely bloke. And I said, look, Steve, what do I do? What's my next step? I'm, I'm about to finish my final year at university. What do I do? There's a whole other story there. I had a placement year between my, my second and third year of university. I was doing a PR degree. They do exist. It's mm. ridiculous. I ended up working for First News, which is a, uh, I think at that point it was bi-weekly. It may have been weekly, uh, just after it had launched. It's a children's newspaper. Oh. unsurprisingly i got fired <laughs> um i lasted i lasted three months it was you know it wasn't great like it was it was the the newspaper was amazing and it's going great guns now they're doing some amazing stuff i think they've got like the biggest circulation of any any newspaper because the the way they deliver their information is is ace and you know the, the way they treat kids like grown-ups but yeah. explain it to them in a way that actually 
grown-up newspapers should do, <laughs> simply. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I lasted three months and ended up going to do a load of work experience at, at Autocar and, and Pistonheads. And I said to Steve, look, do I need to go off and do this master's in automotive journalism at Coventry? Because it's, you can do that. Yeah. And he said to me, you've already met everyone you need to meet. Don't bother with it which I found quite odd. I was relieved because it meant no more higher education because yep. I'm not an academic person. I'm not a bright man. Like I can't sit and read a book and go, oh yes, I've assimilated all of this information. <laughs> I shall now recite it with a poem and a joke you'll only get if you've read page 34. But so I, I thought, oh, it's fine. And then I kind of carried on. Maybe that was his way of saying, nah, mate, don't bother. <laughs> or maybe he's saying you genuinely don't need it. Either way, I, I didn't go away. Yeah, that is one thing. If you, you know, once you've, uh, once you've decided what you want to do, if it is the magazine route or is the newspaper route, work experience is key because you can't just rock up and go. By the way, I'm your next columnist because you're not. Because I went in with that attitude. People thinking, need to have met you. Well, well, people need to have met you, but you're when when you're starting out, your writing style. I mean, properly starting out from yeah. from fresh, your writing style is your own, but. It will always need work. Anyone's work needs tweaks. It needs yeah. fixing. And any, you know, some people are genuinely talented. Clarkson, stunning writer, like genuinely brilliant writer. But um, much better now than when he started. Yeah. And he did a proper journalism degree as well. But, you know, everyone needs work. Because I went in after graduating university, I went in and I was an arrogant sod. I was like, I'm brilliant. I'm basically. Like most people after. The yeah. Uni. And I, I've I've left university. I'm amazing. Basically, employ me. Uh, I'm going to be your. I'm going to be the next Jamie Clarkson, and then I'm going to retire at 45. And funnily enough, it rubbed a few people up the wrong way. <laughs> um, yeah. Whoops. Though the 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 the, the highlight of of that placement is is one key point. Once you've done your reading, once you've kind of got your work experience, and you've worked with these people, and you can kind of st if there's a job if there's a job uh, vacancy, go for it. You might not get it, but the interview experience is important. I, I went to one interview for a products job on a magazine and the, the editor, the products editor sat in front of me and says, oh, well, what do you think of the products section of the website? And I said, oh, I couldn't find it. I hadn't bothered looking. It was in the top bar. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. That's just weapons grade. Because I, I was so arrogant. I was like, I can do this. But if there is, you know, there, there can be a plan B. For me, there wasn't really. In the end, I kind of got my head, head down got to it and did stuff admittedly differently there is no set way but i'll never forget the one night i was working late at a magazine uh, a, a a magazine i can't give too many names away uh, I, I didn't sign any contract thing it's just i don't know if the bloke remembers it one day i'll one day i'll remind him of it but he i said look what can i do to be better how can i be more useful this was after i'd kind of gotten my head out my ass a little bit so what can i do to be better how can i help you because I want to work for That's you. That's a really good question most people should ask. <laughs> <laughs> True. The response you don't want to get back is nothing. You aren't good enough. You will never be good enough to work here. Um, and you will never get a job in this industry. That's not a nice person. No, no, it isn't. It was, it was, it was a wake up call. And I went out, I went outside immediately. I was like, I was fit to cry. Mm. Bear in mind that Mag still used me for another month or so. <laughs> for free so i can't have been that bad yeah but i, I went outside and i, I rang uh, a, a friend of mine uh, john quirk who had who had done the coventry and i said look i've just been told 
given this big list of reasons why I'm rubbish. And he went, that's bollocks. No, we can, don't worry about it. I can either lend you books or we can just go for a coffee. Yeah. And we had a coffee and a chat and we concluded that this guy was a little bit of a flute and um, got, got on with our lives. But there is going to be rejection. You aren't going to get jobs. There are going to be people who don't like you. You know, there are going to be people who you get on with, people who you don't get on with. And that's cool. That's just life. But it can feel quite disheartening when someone who you really want to impress or who you who you really respect just doesn't care that you exist. Yeah. Like that, that can be fairly soul crushing. But the thing is, if you want to do it and you want it enough, do the reading, do the writing, teach yourself to present if if you want to present and go to go to a mag say look by the way i can do this as well yeah um it's so important these days yeah it's it it, it's it's a big skill like i think it 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 depends where you are and it depends what you want to do but uh motor one we had a chap called tyler heatley and the reason editor john hired him so uh, john quirk was 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 the editor was because he would go on a launch he'd write copy he'd shoot um, host and edit his own video. He was a one-man band. He could do everything. Yeah. Um, which is an amazing skill. I can't edit for Toffee. And, you know, every time I try, I just create a jumbled mess. <laughs> you know, it's, and, you know, if, 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 if you look at it from that point of view, this guy can string a sentence together and he can create a video. Whereas I can, I can do the sentence bit and I can do the talky bit, but I'll just come back to the office with an SD card going, yeah. give this to a responsible adult, please. <laughs> and with a thumb drive full of press picks. It's um, that that what you've just said is is quite interesting. I think it's it's where YouTube diverged. Mm. It went from the sort of conventional, well thought out, well filmed videos that you guys were doing, for example, like X Car, and then you get the influencer type people. And I've always thought it was interesting that anyone is still making high production value videos. Uh, one, I personally love them, like yeah. absolutely love them. But like you'll know, they're very expensive. They're they're so expensive to make. Oh my god! Yeah, I um, I've I've been you know over over the years, you know when you when you work for somewhere that makes videos, you don't realise how much they are because you know it's your job. Yeah. They just get made. But if you want to make one with, you know, a shooter, a second shooter slash support driver. Um, and you need to keep people overnight and you need to do this and you need to do that. You just think, how on earth do these get made? But yeah, it's, it, it is where it is where YouTube di- diverged. The interesting thing is, I, I think it's to a lesser extent now, where there used to be a huge animosity between journalists and there, influencers. There really was. And I think that it's it's still there to some extent today. And I've never quite got it. I mean, I've met some... I've met some journalists who I can't stand and I've met yeah. some influencers who I can't stand. Like, you know, it's, it's, again, it's that arrogance thing of like, I walk into a room and I expect everyone to know who I am. No matter how famous you are in your circle, if you introduce yourself to someone in any respect, journo, influencer, yeah. whatever. Just generally, if just, you walk into any room yeah. and you assume people know who you are, yeah. you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty easy. Be a nice person. Yeah. It's, it's not hard. Though it, it is sometimes. But yeah, th- this this huge animosity, and I haven't quite put my finger on why. Like, it could be because, you know, you get that the journos had, had been doing everything in a set way for so long, and it's like, 
oh, well, these guys are just turning up with a handy cam saying everything's brilliant and then yeah. getting paid enormous quantities of money for being there. Well. Yeah, and, and they get way more views than, you know, a magazine that's been around for yeah. more than 100 years, which, when you think about it, is kind of strange. It is. From the journo point of view. But from the, from the influ, influencer point of view, they're not a magazine that's been around for 100 years. It's something that can change and, you know be dynamic there needs to be no meetings to say right we're going to yeah. change the way we do a facebook you don't you have just go, five people to debate how you're going to do the shot no you just do it you're just like okay th this is how i do this or if you do have someone with you that's how they do that and you trust that person implicitly and i think from the the influencer side you get that kind of why is this man shouting at me i'm just trying to live my life i think i i feel like i know i know i'm more on one side of it than the other but my impression, I generally try and just be friendly to yeah. everybody unless they they're, are going out of their way to be a dick. <laughs> and therefore, like, so what? But I felt, I think the feeling I got was, like you said, there's a whole bunch of journalists who've been doing it for a while. Yeah. And they see this new thing coming along mm -hmm. and they don't understand it. Yeah. And to be fair, people haven't, a lot of people still don't understand it. And big companies still don't understand it. So fair enough. Yeah. Only one half is looking at the other half and raging at them. Yeah. <laughs> the others are like, you The others you, are just bud. getting on doing their thing. And yeah. they're like, yeah, look, but people watch this. So I'm going to make more like this. Yeah. Like my, my audience likes it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do me. I'll do me. me. <laughs> you do your show. I think there's also, I, I, I can't speak for everyone and whether, whether or not this is a completely uh, false assumption. I think there's also, uh, there is a bit of a wealth disparity because a lot of the influencer side is coming from money. It's coming from, I've got this, look at how great this is. And genocide, there's not really that level there. Yeah. Or as, as far as I've seen, I, I haven't seen everyone's bank statements, but you know, if, if someone rocks up to a drive event in a Ferrari that doesn't have the Ferrari press, press plates on it, <laughs> heads are going to turn. And you know, the, the big green monster is going to come out and be like, well, I want that life, but I can't have I that think, life. I um, think now there are there are people like that. Yeah, I think the uh, the general consensus amongst some people is that everyone's like that, and that how on earth could you have earned the amount of money doing yeah. what you do? The answer is some people earn a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The serious, serious, serious amounts of money for doing, making YouTube videos or brand deals or yeah. whatever. Like and five, that, six figures for doing something. You're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. But, and, that, and that's because the, the, the way they've done it is just, it's, it's how it works. But um, yeah, let's just. It's, I, 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 I find the whole thing fascinating. I think there's still some, there's still some animosity. I remember watching a blazing row between a road tester and an influencer and just that one guy going, well, you know, I'm brilliant at this. And the other guy going, well, I've got more numbers than you. So, so get bent. And it's like, that. no, no one wins that fight. Everyone just looks a little bit silly. It's exactly like the YouTube comments situation of someone's just laid into you. Yeah. And you can either reply or not reply. <laughs> yeah, and like not replying is, is always, like not replying <laughs> to Lee is always the solution. Now, as I'm sure you said, like with certain things that yeah. really stand out, I found in my own online social yeah. media or whatever i i can generally ignore most mm. most stuff and to be honest there is a there's a major highlight is when someone says something not very nice to you or whatever 
and then one of your followers comes back in and has a go at them. Yeah, oh, that's, that's like always beautiful. The best Let's go. thing yes. ever. <laughs> yes, mate. This is the best. But then sometimes someone will come in with something just skewed, just at the right angle to hit a personal insecurity of yours or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they just bang it on the head. And it takes a long time to let that go. Once you've got over it, you get over it. And then that probably won't affect you again. Yeah. But like, the stuff people say, like, you would not walk up to a random person on the no. street and say to them and expect one to not be like, punched in the face or like locked up or something yeah it's it's it's, it's ludicrous like i've i had there's one that stuck with me from must be 2015 it's when the 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 pre-face lift of the current rs3 came out the 365 horsepower one. i like how you're just referencing dates with like this was when the pre-facelift well, RS3 I, that I, came I, out. I, it was it was on that specific <laughs> oh, it was on the film video. okay yeah. so i was like I was, 2015 i think so i can't quite remember but um yeah, I you know I was getting on with my job, put the film out. Really liked it. It was it was one of those UK launches. Start at eight in the morning. Yeah. Go till we're done, or go until they tell us you have to have the car back because it needs to be mm. cleaned. All this, and you know I I've I I don't do exercise, um, and I eat brown food. It's <laughs> great, which means occasionally I put on a little bit of timber, just a little bit. You know, I also like tight T-shirts. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah. this, yeah, so I had, had, had this coat on, uh, you know, a, a tightish top on and someone just went belly. And it just stuck with me yeah. for years. Like, I, I'll never forget it. And it's, it's, re it's really irritating. You know, recently I did, um, oh, what was the film? It was, I think it was all the, um, the uh, Aston Martin's beginning with V. Like, why do they start with yeah. V? And we, you know, that was that was a fun one to do because it was it was uh, it was it was you know I got to look at Greek and Roman history, mythology and and French, and uh, someone went, Alex, I really enjoy your work, but you have become fat. <laughs> I was like, Thanks, mate. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this a few years. Bodies change, but also get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there 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 are some that really stick out. So. Uh, Listeners, if you if you really want to ruin my day, just go online and call me fat. That'll do it. That that that's my that's my kryptonite. You you do you. The rest of it, you can make jives about the balding, the the being blind, the being short, um, occasional terrible fashion choices, like Philly beats with that. But just go. Been on the cake. <laughs> and that'll do it. But uh, yeah, uh, sorry, uh, uh, journalist for influencers, which thinks where we were. There, there, there is disparity. Um, one thing I will say is that motoring journalism as an industry, something I've noticed, has always been the slowest to catch up. Like when the internet was a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, car magazines getting websites. What's that all about? One, it costs money, of which there is very little in the industry. Mm. Um, and two, it requires someone new to do something new, which it, it just doesn't do. I remember one of my first jobs, it was working Auto Express magazine on a Friday because Press Day was on a Friday. I'm not sure if it still is. And the mag, my, my job would be to go through the, the flat plan of the magazine, the, 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 the PDFs page by page and copy and paste it onto the website. So all the, new, all the exclusive news stories, all the road tests, all of that would then on the Tuesday or the Wednesday when the mag went out, uh, then it would be online. Hmm. There was no web exclusive stuff. 
Interesting. There's no, it was all mag exclusive. And it's, um, I think it, there's still very much a, a digital first kind of uh, way, way of doing things. I mean, um, Evo magazine, their YouTube channel used to be incredible. It's too expensive to do. So it's too expensive. It just it's not make worth any, doing. Doesn't make any money to do it no. like that. And people, it's you know, it's, it's you're basically spending a few grand a throw to have some bloke call you an asshole. Yeah, like, it's not really going to do anyone any favors. And the amount it? of effort required to make a YouTube video versus mm. to go somewhere, take some pictures, and write an article. Like I, I don't know how long it takes to write an article, but I know yeah. how bloody long it takes to film and edit something yeah along with along coming with up with whatever the hell you're going to say and well it's uh, the, the the photography oh one thing i will say car mags have got photography nailed 100 it's the one that it's, 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 it's one of the things that british car mags do so well and what's really interesting to see is to get guys like uh dean smith and richard pardon british snappers being hired by us mags yeah. to go out and shoot stuff in the state there, there are, I get, there are some amazing US photographers, but it is the, it's one of the things that I think UK, UK industry has gotten so good that you know, it's, it's, it's. It, I also find it quite interesting talking to um, kind of uh, American chums because they think that the British uh, written side is really, really stellar. I know I happen to agree, and uh, <laughs> I'm available for hire. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it's, it's. I think. Uh, British motoring journalism in general has got this kind of halo around it. I, I, I don't know why, but I'm glad we have. It's good. It's, it's good. Well, I think other countries like us more than we like ourselves. Yeah, well, you know, the Brits are amazingly self-depreciating. And everyone, are, everyone loves that. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you, you think you're awful. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I feel bad about it. Piss off. <laughs> Piss off. I'm tired. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Um, influencers versus journalists. If, if, if eventually we'll, we'll, I think we'll it will just hit together. a neutral thing. Yeah. Everyone, when everyone's met everyone. Yeah. The arseholes are still arseholes. Yeah. Who are on whichever side of the <laughs> fence, <laughs> on fence and everyone else can just get on. Yeah. Like if you go to a new school or I don't know whether you had it when you went to uni, there's a bunch of people who just stick together and hate everyone. Yeah. And then there's everyone else. And yeah. by the end of uni, there's people that stick together and hate it. There's a group of five. Yep. And then everyone else has like 3,000 friends. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> the end. And when I get home, I'm going to call my five friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, mm. because I believe you have a bit more knowledge about this than me. Uh-oh. I recently... This is, we're just going to diverge into cars right now. Excellent. <laughs> I can talk about cars. I recently went down to the Morgan factory. I saw. For the first time, and I drove the Plus 6 and a three-wheeler. I, I, uh, I drove the Plus 6 last week. Right. And I own a three-wheeler. Yeah, okay. So uh, uh, any, any three-wheeler-related questions, feel free well, to okay. send first my of all, way. you bought a three-wheeler. Yes. How long have you had it for? Uh, three and a half years. Oh, okay. So what made you buy a three-wheeler? And right, yeah, just, so I, that's just, first of all, how, to, what took you to that? To, to, to save my own blushes um, and someone else's, I can't explain exactly why um, on the record. But in, I think, 2013, X-Car was kind of kicking off. And one of the car companies I really wanted to work with was Morgan. Yeah. I, you know... They just, they'd always... It's kind of cool British brand. Yeah. And I dig slightly wonky British cars. Like after I, I owned a Lotus Elise for eight years, uh, I bought a three-wheeler and I've got a last-gen Vantage, which it will either ruin me yeah. um, or be brilliant. 
so yeah. far it's been brilliant, but They're I'm cool. ju- I'm just waiting for the bill. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the bill. Um, but you know, I, I like wonky British cars. Yeah. Hand built, something a bit cack about them, but that's what makes them for me. And yeah, I really wanted to work with Morgan. So we went up and we did, I think before I started at X car, the guys did a, uh, a thing in a three-wheeler like a, a little sizzle reel thing yeah. and then we went back and we interviewed charles morgan about his aeromax yeah i love that film to bit it's a really snowy january day and he just went no traction control and he took our cameraman driving in this thing and he was sliding about all over he's the place he used character. to be a racing driver so he, he just handled it because he's a lad and then we drove an aero coupe off the back of that film they went we really like this tell you what drive an aero coupe and it's the first night shooter did and it remains one of my the, my favourite films. You know, we had the car for three days, drove it into London, had a sleep. Next day, did the night shoot, got in at five in the morning, then at nine in the morning, drove back to Malvern. Yeah. It was a bit of a killer. But that the film is beautiful, even now. Okay, the, the hairline's dated, <laughs> and maybe some of the filming techniques are dated. But, you know, I still get people, admittedly Morgan people, coming up to me going, oh, I really like this. I really like that. I watched that. I, yeah. I, I bought a car because of nice. you. In fact, because of that film, someone saw it, rang the factory, bought the car. Amazing. Uh, which is mega. Uh, I'm, I'm still in touch with him. He says, if I ever want to borrow it, I can. But I'm yeah. kind of saving that one borrow. Yeah, yeah. But yeah this, and then the next one I wanted to drive was a three-wheeler just because it was this fascinating little thing. It's an upturned bathtub with an engine on the front, one wheel. It's inherently unstable. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's also a bit of me. So I thought, you know what, I've got to try this. So we took it to a go-kart track because I'm always keen when we're shooting stuff, if it's something that's either stupid or worth a lot of money or both, if we can film it on track, more's the better. The insurance is a pain in the bum because they think, oh, you're going to be racing. Whereas actually, I just want somewhere where no one's going to come around a blind corner being a knob and smashing whatever into to a million bits. So yeah, we, we took it to this go-kart track and it, we just had the best day. It was so good. And I pl- I played around in it. I took it out. I took it to Cambridge um, where, where I'm from, where this, where this go-kart track is. I went to see a friend of mine who hates cars. He yeah. absolutely abhors them, can't stand them, doesn't get it. Took him out in that. And five minutes later, he was like, I like this one. And then we went to see another friend who basically should have been born in 1943 and went, look at what I've got. <laughs> and he went, are you kidding? We're going for a play. And then we all kind of, we, we played in some country lanes and then went to the, went to the pub for dinner and they, they went their separate ways. And one of them turned up at the track the next day. And while the, while the, the crew was doing crew stuff, mm. we just mucked around and played on a go-kart track. It understeered, awesome. it oversteered. <laughs> Did it you was... have a problem getting around any of the corners on the go-kart track? Uh, just from all of them. just from lock all of them <laughs> all of them i had an amazing crash as well it wasn't it felt really dramatic at the time but i just i tried to break the brakes were rubbish and i went straight off and it felt like a pretty solid straight on yeah. into the tire wall i was shown the footage it's the least remarkable crash <laughs> you've ever seen like there was no mark on the car there was absolutely no damage to it but i was like oh no <laughs> oh no i crashed the car Guy, I look. Ah, oh, we're fine. I just wasn't good at driving it. You know, if you dip the clutch in the corner, it will spin. Yeah. Um, pull the handbrake, it will spin. It's great, and the the fact that everywhere it went, people liked it, and that's one of the things I love about Morgan, is that you can't drive a Morgan and have someone think you're an asshole. Which is a seriously valuable point about a car. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's the ultimate happy maker. Yeah. Like I, so I, I, circumstances basically meant 
I could maybe possibly buy a three-wheeler. And mm. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. So went to the factory, had a chat with them and said, I want to buy a three-wheeler. And they went, all right, it'll cost this much money. What do you want done to it? So I was like, I want Lotus Deep Purple. Well, I want purple. And then I had a chat with them and they said, well, there's two purples. There's this citron purple or there's this, there's a Lotus Deep Purple. And the citron purple is quite pink. Now you've seen a three-wheeler. You know the shape yeah. of the rear. If you're going to have a car in, in purple, that rear is very colour sensitive. Because if it's pink... When you reverse it, you're going to look like you're driving a penis. Um, so I went for the darker purple. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's just the best thing. I've done, admittedly, not as many miles as I, as I probably should have, but I've, I've done eight and a half thousand in it. Last, I feel like that, that sounds like quite a lot. Well, there's, it, it felt, it's felt like quite a lot, especially when it's cold. And there's, there's, a, there's a chap who's driving his around Europe slowly, so he's coming in on tourist visas. And then doing it doing oh, okay, the, the yeah. maximum doing it like maximum days or whatever it is and then storing it somewhere <laughs> leaving until it resets and then coming back last year i drove mine from lisbon to london um i had a, i had some work in lisbon i was there for a month so i drove it down the quick way kind of through the night and left it with morgan portugal that happens to be based five minutes from where yeah. i was staying and they kind of made sure it was it was race ready and then yeah, I spent two weeks just driving up the coast, making friends. People love it. It's it's the best thing. It is objectively as a car, it is the worst car on sale today. Like it doesn't have a roof, it doesn't have doors. The boot is pitiful. Um, it will oversteer and understeer. Things are wonky. Things wobble. The steering lacks any sort of feedback. The brakes are terrible. Um, the motor is great. But at the same time, not very efficient. <laughs> I get about 150 miles out of a tank. How much is the tank? Ah, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, Morgan says it's 40 litres. That is a lie. <laughs> I've never spent more than 25 quid filling it up, ever. Um, and it's not okay, because I know there's a, there's a line that goes in between the two sides. Mm. And it's not just like you've got to wait for it to, Mm-mm. or there's like a big air gap. Mm-mm. it's it's that it's not 40 litres <laughs> I, I don't know what's in it like I've, I had a look at some forums I and it was just angry people on a forum yeah, yeah. so I was like you know what sod it if I have to fill up every it is 150 what it is. miles it's it is what it is. I'm gonna want to get out by then yeah <laughs> I'll tell you what it's more comfortable than you think on a motorway cruise yeah I imagine if you've got do you if you're on a cruise or whatever do you wear a helmet do you have goggles or anything I funny like that? should wear a helmet I don't. I, w- I do wear goggles. I tried it the, uh, literally the other day after three and a half years, I drove it back from Cambridge to London uh, just wearing my glasses just to see if it was possible yeah. because I'm running out of contact lenses and I can't be bothered to go to the optician because I need to get my eyes tested and it's just faff. So uh, you can wear it in glasses. As long as your eyes are covered, anything over just 50 miles that. an hour, you need something over your eyes because a stone is going to hurt Yeah, yeah. and going to do some damage. I do have goggles. I in in the winter. I, you can have it with heated seats. Can you? Yeah, best thing in the world, man. Actually, like, to be fair, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, big shielding coat because if you're going to do it, steer into the skid. Yeah, like people are, <laughs> people are already looking at the funny car. You may as well just. I really enjoyed walking around the Morgan shop. Yeah, it's, it's great, it's, isn't it? I think it's the best manufacturer shop I've ever been in because <laughs> it just has loads of like kind of cool, interesting stuff and like just nice things. Yeah, I mean the the way they've the way they've done it is they've started partnering with British brands, yeah. which I really appreciate because I, I like British really stuff. 
um, you know, they did a, they did a time with super dry ages ago and they made a jacket in a very, in a kind of, it was, it was at the time a one-off cut out of the same leather they make the seats out of. Mm. I, I bought one cause it was, well, put it like this. There were only a few left and funnily enough, all the larges and extra larges had sold out. So I, I got a, a smut and it's one of my favorite jackets. Like I, I wander around in it and it, yeah. it, it, it looks great and it feels great, but now they've, they've started, they've partnered with what Chris Ford watches yeah. and I've, I've had a look at them. They're, they're all really pretty. They've partnered with Pashley bikes, which, you know, again, hand built British, lovely, um, peregrine clothing. Actually, I bought their, um, wax jacket cause it's mm. comfy and it looks good yeah. and it's got, it's got all nice things in it and everything like they, they do it right. They've done it really well. They've done. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, so what did you think of the three-wheeler? I loved it. Like, genuinely had an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. For, okay, so the car I drove had their stage one kit, which is like a, you can, I think you can send it back and it can... You and I thing. drove the exact same car. I'm interested to hear what you think, because I had to go in that one on Friday afternoon. Okay, so... First impressions, the exhaust, just get rid of it. Like Too loud, isn't it? Far, far, <laughs> far too loud. Yeah. Especially if you're making a video. But ignoring any of that, <laughs> it's like, I think it might be possibly okay if you were wearing a helmet. But even then, I'd want earplugs. It's it, it's so loud. Because, you know, I, they, they said, look, have a look, see what you think. Maybe, maybe upgrade <laughs> yours. And I, it was, it was too loud. It was it like it, there were points where you, you lean on it and it just, it hurt my ears. Yeah, it's just too loud. I, I think I've probably given myself some sort of hearing damage from driving it around. And you're driving around in this like, cool car, but you don't want that like m- full Harley. It, it is too it's much. Just- Tell you what, if, 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 you, if you thought that was, that was too loud, you're more than welcome to have a go at my, in mine because it's, it's completely unmolested. Yeah. No, it's filthy at the moment. I need to get it clean. But I sorry, I mean I need to clean it myself because that's what I do for all of my cars. <laughs> Definitely. I hate cleaning cars. It's such a pain I, in the I'm house. not a massive cleaning car. It's awful. Um yeah, you're more than welcome to have a go in mine. Um because mine is is still loud. It's still antisocially yeah. loud, but it's way more civilized. Um, yeah, so ignoring the exhaust. Mm. It's just that I think the things I was surprised at, and actually when going back to the plus six, it's like a, those are the only two Morgans I've ever driven. Yeah and drove them back to back. The three-wheeler was way more comfy. Like it's the actually, three-wheeler suspension is it's it, disarmingly smooth. It's like really quite plush for yeah. something that doesn't look like it should be in any way, shape or form. Because it, it's softly sprung, so it just kind of yeah. mobs everywhere. And then if you drive it 
seven or eight out of ten. Yeah. It does everything really nicely. Hmm. As soon as you start trying to go a bit faster than that, it starts to understeer and then it, it understeer. Yeah, it, just, and it does all it the steers in, just in one corner. Gets a lot of character very fast. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing you have to remember with it is that it's, it was a great idea over a century ago because yeah. it, was, it was cheap transport. And, you know, it was, it was quick. It was light. It set records at Brooklands. But compared to anything you'll buy today, it is awful but that's what makes it, it is, good but it's actually it's also just really good yeah like the gearbox is great pedals everything engine response i i had an awesome time and i was like okay when would i this be perfect i was like okay if i was driving 20 minutes to the pub's not going to be great because but not drinking but yeah. like go to 20 pub, minutes go to, to the place. pub cruise around for a little afternoon hanging out with your mates whatever mm-hmm. that car perfect I use mine. So I, I, when, it, when it's in town, I use it as a car. Yeah. So long as, or even if the weather's bad. Like I've driven it through um, on that stupid road trip. I drove it. Uh, it was a late October road trip and we had to get through France. Northern France, never fun anyway, because there's nothing there. Yeah. But in late October, cold. Also, <laughs> hailstorms. Mm, nice. Yeah. You think rain hurts at 70 miles an hour. I was like, oh, it's, it's raining. Oh, God, I had a woolly hat on and goggles and I had a snood over my face. And the only bit of my face that was exposed was the bridge of my nose. And I've got quite a big nose. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's raining. Oh, God, so you can see it and you can, can see it on the fly screen. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. Then all of a sudden, a hailstone, must have been the size of a small house, just smacked me in the face. Like, <laughs> oh, God, this is spicy rain. This is spicy rain. I don't like this. And, you know, it, in, in situations like that, it, it, it's someone sent me a, a, a link. It's, it, it's type two fun. It's at the time it's miserable and it's cold and it's horrible and you get wet. But in the aftermath, it's just the best thing in the world. But no, I, I use it. I use it as a car. So I've taken it to Sainsbury's before, yeah. you know, just picked wow. up a few bits because, you know, I live on my own. I can yeah. put the shopping I need in the passenger seat. It's fine. Or um, what I do do and what it's really good for is driving around London. Or driving around your town, your city, yeah. going to see the landmarks. You know, it's something, someone who's never been to London before, I'll take them out in it. Or if a friend fancies doing it, or, you know, the hottest night of the year so far, mm. I just went out for a spin and had a look at stuff because it was bloody hot. Yeah. So I couldn't sleep anyway. You know, 10 o'clock at night, having a look at all the, all the buildings lit up mm. and all that. It's just a really lovely thing to do. And if you do take it into the countryside, you get the noise, you get the drama. On the motorway, stick a set of headphones in. Because uh, just to act as earplugs, because yeah. otherwise you'll, you'll deafen yourself. But it's 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 a lovely thing to have. It's not a family car. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a supercar. It's, it's not a su- It's just a thing. Here's the like of of all the the experience I've had in it. The one thing I'll never forget is I was the night I got it. I drove it from the factory to my place in South London, and. I was like, there's two routes home. It's coming in off the M4. So I can either go through Earl's Court and then go sort of embankment way and then nip over the bridge and I'll be home in like 20 minutes. Or I can go through Knightsbridge. I'm going to go through Knightsbridge. Just, you know, I was in a brand new car. I was super proud. You know, it's it's where the supercar guys hang out. You know, you get all the guys going, look at me. look Look at how great I am in my Ferrari. And I was next to a guy in a Ferrari California. 
and he was revving it. He was making loads of noise. And I was just there going, and the eyes were on the Morgan. And I, I couldn't believe it. But if you want to draw any attention away from pretty much anything, yeah, pretty much, not everything, but just turn up in three wheelers. It's just really cool and completely different. Yeah. It's, it's a ludicrous machine and I adore it. What did you think of the Plus Six? Hmm. I have really like mixed feelings on it. Mm. So part of it is obviously it's got this new BMW drivetrain with mm-hmm. the BMW gear stick, which just When you're driving it, you don't look at it, so it's fine. You sort of forget about that. Yeah. The really random things that I noticed straight away when I got in it. If you've got polarized sunglasses. Yeah. The uh, the little screen that's got the speedo and whatever. Oh, yeah. You can't read it. Like, <laughs> 100% cannot read it. You have to tilt ah. your head at 45 degrees. Oh. Um, I think they're trying to fix that. I mean, it's a unique problem. But anyway, <laughs> other than that, set off and just super easy to drive. Yep. Like the drivetrain's just easy. Then I put my foot down. Yeah. And I drove there in my M2, which mm-hmm. has a slightly... It's a very similar engine, but actually has a bit more horsepower yeah. than that car. And was just like, holy shit, what is this thing? <laughs> like, it feels like someone's stuffed like a 911 turbo engine in yeah. like a 1920s car or something. And it was it was great. Like, it's, it's it's comically quick, isn't it's it? It's comically quick. Like, really feels a lot faster than the numbers suggest yeah. it should be. It's because it weighs nothing. It just weighs nothing. It's what, it's what 1075, yeah. which is... That's yeah, a couple of couple of hundred kilos. Five hundred kilos lighter than my it, M2 or something. Yeah, and it's uh, what, what's what's the latest exige? It's like one one seven five, yeah. one two seven five. Like it's properly light, and there's nothing to it. One thing, uh, one thing I got about it is like if you don't pay attention when you're leaving a junction, you will go very sideways. Yes, and you go. Whoa, Quite easy to do. Whoa, oh, oh, Things are. Things are puckering now, and all of a sudden you become very aware that you're in a very ostentatious car that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. <laughs> you just go, oh, okay. I think, thing is, if you can, find yourself driving a plus eight. Yeah, I'd like to drive a plus eight. Because they're so very, very different. Because the plus eight had that big, lazy V8, and mm. you could still do the sideways stuff and the, 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 the silliness. There was so much more noise... And there was more character to that noise, but it's nowhere near as vicious. Mm. And it doesn't ride anywhere near as well either. That new platform is is staggering. I was, it's funny, I, I got out of it and having driven like, a, like around a little town or whatever, down some country roads, driven it quite hard. And I've only recently spent a lot of time in like modern stuff. Mm. And you get back in, you're like, hmm, no. The suspension needs a bit of refining versus the 991 Gen 2 GT3 I drove the other day. Yeah. And you're like, okay, fine. But all like compared to a Cayman or something. Mm. And I do in my head when it's, I think that car's like 88,000 pounds, some, something, like that, something yeah. like that, go, okay, you can't give me an excuse to why it's like this. Like it, <laughs> If it's going to complete on price with modern stuff, yeah, I sort of feel like it should have a bit of the refinement. But as an experience, other, other if you ignore that, it it's a Morgan, and it looks like a Morgan. Personally, I think I would rather have some sort of characterful V eight or 
or something. I know emissions-wise, we can't have yeah. that. Yeah, um, I think what what you should next time you're up there, have a go in a plus four. I want to have a go in a plus. Yeah, um, some of the older stuff. Yeah, because the the plus four, you know, the 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 plus six, and and I I get your hesitance with the price tag, but there is a the, the, there are reasons for that, and there are justifications for that that I will get onto in a minute. The plus four is interesting because I drove the one ten works edition. I'd never driven a plus four before. Yeah. I'd done Aero Coupe, the old plus eight, three-wheeler. I'd never drove Aero eight. I drove uh, the Aero GT, though, which was a mega, mega thing. Silly thing. The plus four, never driven one. And this, this workstation thing, the engine's two litre, four pot, felt mm. lumpy. You know, the steering was very heavy. The steering yeah. was too big. Like, so I had to kind of slot myself. Because I'm, I'm, I'm short of body, but long of leg, right, which means okay. my seating position is weird. Yeah, yeah. That. So I have to kind of slide myself in, kind of sideways anyway. Um, you know, objectively, the plus four was not the better car, but I left there going, if I had the money, I'd buy the plus four. Yeah. But the the the, the points about about price of these things, I get that. I totally get the how the price is where it's at. Yeah, well, no, but it's it's you know, you're, if you're comparing it to modern stuff, eighty eight grand almost gets you a new nine eleven. I think it might get you a Carrera. Yeah. Um, or you, you'd definitely be in a GT4. Yeah, or an F-Type, something yeah. like that. The thing about it is, the thing I've noticed is that Morgan people either have one of those already or don't want one. It's a very specific mm. mindset of like, I want something quirky and a bit different and a bit weird. Yeah, and like all that handmade, the wood, yeah. all that stuff. You it's, go around the factory... Because I, 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 I occasionally, I'll, I'll, I'll put my hands up, you know, I, I occasionally kind of host things at Morgan mm. for Morgan. Um, you know, I'm an owner, have been for a while. And they said, look, you can, you can say words. Yeah. Do you mind saying words on a stage? And I go, yeah, all right. You know, I've, I've emceed events, which is the first time I've done it. It was mega. And, you know, you meet the Morgan people and they're all, they're, you know, that we're, we're, we're a very distinctive bunch. You know, I met one guy recently who was, um, you know, really sound bloke. He was driving his plus eight around Europe with his other half. And he's like, oh, I've, I've got this car. I've got that car. And I, I, I just love Morgans. And I said, oh, what do you do? He said, oh, uh, I'm a powertrain engineer for a rarely major OEM. Oh, by the way, that Sport Plus mode on that super hyper mega turbo bastard thing mm. that, that I've seen that you liked. I did that. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You designed this hyper mega stuff to do hyper mega things and you're driving around in, in what? All right, fair play. It's like more Morgan people. It's not going to appeal to everyone, and I I get that. But in the same in the same breath, you know, I've never really switched on to Mercedes. Yeah, I, but I'm I've never really been a Mercedes person, and I I've just recently replaced my M2 with an Audi, and I drove the C63. Yeah, and I don't know why, because on paper I it like should be the perfect. engine, I like the car, blah blah blah. Drove the car, got out of the car was not buying that car like absolutely just i don't know why for me like it's, i i've never been a fan of merck's design language apart from the the amg gt which i really like i think that's yeah. a properly beautiful car like merck's saloons and the 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 a-class I, it's just never ever done it for me ever and i don't get why i mean i'm Mer- similar i it, do like and I but I don't know whether I'd buy one. I do like the new A class. Okay, I I've I I I just doesn't do it for Fair me. Fair enough. I, I I I don't get it. I'm sure it's an absolutely stellar. I like car the new drive. interior. 
Mm, the, the new, but again, it reminds me, I think BMW had a similar problem, is that these interiors remind me a little bit too much like high-end kitchens. <laughs> and like, it's, oh, it's all very shiny. It's all very lovely. Yeah, but what happens when someone put crumbs on it? Or what yeah. happens when, you know, your screen's covered in fingerprints and all this? I think it was the E-Class I drove. There were three different ways of putting inputs into the, into the big screen. That just strikes me as a little bit stupid. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you can, you can twiddle the command system, you can press the screen, or you can use this touch-sensitive nipple on the steering wheel. <laughs> or you can you wave your hands in the air. Or you can, oh, man, gesture control, do not get me started. Because I, as, as, as you may have noticed, I do occasionally talk with my hands. I've once skipped, I've, well, not skipped tracks, I've turned songs on, onto mute, just being like, yeah, you do this, you do yeah. this. And all of a sudden it's like, where's the music gone? Oh, sorry, there's this stupid gimmick that's, that's um, in season. Yeah, my, my sort of thoughts with that is, one, it's not something I'm going to use. No. But there are people that like it. And the, the people that like it love it. Are they all quite old? I don't know, but there must be some people that like it. Look, Doreen, it's car it from future. Car. <laughs> I can control it with my hands. Like, what was wrong with doing that? Now you've got to do this. I, the so, my S four that I've just bought is twenty seventeen, and then mm. twenty nineteen, which is when they've switched to diesels, which we had a lot of chat about earlier. But they've gone from twizzle dial in the middle to touchscreen. Oh, really? And I am really OCD with screens. Ah, and so do, do, does your no car way. now come with a big stack of microfiber cloths <laughs> and a, just a little thing of Windex? Just... Yeah, like, it's just not. So, I do not want a touchscreen in my car if I can help it. See, I depends on the screen where it is. Whatever. I am quite messy, so I don't really mind okay. it. Yeah, fair enough. But you know, there's a reason Rolls Royce has for years now said we don't do touchscreens. Because we think fingerprints are unsightly. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that that that's the reason it's been yeah. given. They don't want cars that have fingerprints all over them. You know whether or not it's because BMW says you can't use the latest version of iDrive. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but you know I, it's 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 that thing that that they. But I, I I get it. And whenever I put up a picture of a car with a touchscreen, um, like a, a candid thing, yeah. I did a, a road trip in some Audi e-trons the other mm. week, and I was sat in the back. And the angle I took a picture from, they were just big old smudges in yeah. key areas on the screen. I think it's, it's part of that is the photographer and stuff in me. And I look at it and I just see the smudge. Dirty. <laughs> Dirty. I get it, but I'm quite lazy. I, I, I am of the mindset that nothing is ever perfect. Mm. Um, you know, uh, your car will never be perfect. Your house will never be perfect. Nothing you buy will ever be perfect. And the sooner you... Uh, come to terms. Yeah, come to terms with that. Sorry. Um, my, my brain is slowly melting. Uh, so as soon as you come to terms with that, the happier your life will be. Probably. Like, I, I think it depends on the thing. I'm going because I'm I'm the guy that's like yeah. I don't like them. My laptop, for example, yeah. I don't have a touchscreen laptop. No. And because of that, I don't need to use the screen for touching it. So yeah. when people point stuff on my screen, if, I, oh, if, if they touch it, that's... I'd rather they didn't touch it, and then yeah. we're all good. But like. Yeah, but there, there will be. Yeah, but the thing is, like with, with with a laptop screen, if someone, you know, goes, "Oh, look at that," and touches your screen, that should be punishable by death. Yeah, you look with your eyes, not with your hands. Yeah. If it was an iPad, or if you're handing stop. them an iPad, just stop like yeah. a centimeter before. It's absolutely fine. Like that thing there, perfect. If it's an <laughs> iPad, yeah, fine, prod away. Similarly, when okay, quite off topic. It's uh, I think those are the same people that when you hand them your phone to show them a picture, they'll start scrolling. Yeah, who does that as well? 
just the, the worst people. Like <laughs> I, I ge- genuinely, I, I went on a date a very long time ago with someone and I showed her a picture on my phone and she started scrolling. Yeah. And I knew from that moment, I didn't want to see her again. <laughs> and I know that's bad, There is, um, but it's just sick and wrong. There is, I think on iPhones, there's a, it's like a combo you can press. It, when I had one that had a button on it, yeah, I think you could tap it three times and change that to lock in. Oh, whatever it was you were on. So people couldn't leave the app, for example. Yeah. Oh, nice. See, what my mate does is he just zooms in a little bit. So when they try and yeah, scroll yeah, yeah. it, that's, which that's a is good classic tactic is clever. But yeah, the, the people that smudge screens that are not touch screens and the people that scroll through <laughs> pictures, special place in hell. So, like, it, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I entirely agree with you on that. But this, this, this thing that nothing can be perfect. It doesn't bother me if a touch screen's covered in fingerprints. It does bother me. If you know, there's there's like weird smudges in strange places. Like why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, like you've got the dials in front of you, and there's a little bit of plastic or whatever mm-hmm. in between you and the dials, and there's like a big fingerprint across the entire thing. Like, how did that? How does that even happen? Yeah. I mean, I did once uh, when I was a student. I remember I was I was driving home from something or other, and I sneezed in my car. And it, occasionally, when you're on your own, you don't. You don't cover your mouth. It's the one time I really should have done. And for ages, because I was so lazy, there was just this weird smudge nice. on the inside of the screen. <laughs> Sorry, real, real horrible chat. Yeah. Hi. So well, we were talking about the Morgans and the Plus 8. Yes. And I think, I do agree with you. I, I came out of driving that car and thought, this is a, an interesting experience. And I didn't necessarily, that car and that spec is not something I would buy. Mm. But I totally get why someone might like if you're looking for if you want a morgan yeah. to start with so which i think people who buy morgans generally are looking for a morgan i mean if 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 they are after a morgan then they probably are looking at morgan motor cars yeah, yeah. So there's generally <laughs> it's a good way of narrowing it down yeah i um, want well, you know what i quite fancy a morgan and I'm... if you're not interested in driving somewhere at four thousand miles an hour yeah then it's it's great yeah, I do worry that that car makes you drive a lot faster than you should. It is savagely quick, just, and it leaves a hell of a set of number elevens, doesn't it? <laughs> and wow. it, but it's just—it's this type of powertrain that doesn't make you drive. You don't don't drive it slowly. Well, the thing is, when, when you're driving around town, it's super chill. Oh yeah, you just like it's so quiet. It's it's quite refined. And then you go to the countryside and you think, oh, I'll just give it a little tickle. And you go, actually, I, I can go faster. I can go faster. Hmm. Oh, my God. How fast am I going? It's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a mega bit of kit. Like it's, it's easily the most sorted car they've built like the, hmm. uh, that I've driven. Like I haven't driven I can, every, single, that, yeah. every single Morgan, but it's easily the most sorted car. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they go with that platform mm. now because that is well, the start of the Now new. they've got millions and millions of pounds of Italian investment money. Mm. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. I was l- looking back through some yeah. of your videos. Uh-oh. Um, and I have a bit of a thing for Porsches or Porsches, tomato, tomato, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but you drove the... Well, f- I've got one question for you, yeah. first of all. Have you driven a Singer? No. Okay. Sidestep that one. I'll, the, I'll, I'll, you drove I'll... the Paul Stevens Le Mans yeah, Classic Yeah, yeah, that was car. mega. Have you driven similar sorts of cars that weren't that one 
Um, I've driven a, f- a couple of classic 911s. I've not driven like the sorted, sorted, sorted ones. Okay. So I, I couldn't really go, ah, oh, yes, compared to a singer, it yeah, feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. this. But you kind of, you... What was your overall impression of that car? Ignoring. I genuinely think it's, it's, it's one of those cars, it's a keeper car. And I think a lot of those cars are. It's beautifully put together. I've seen where singers are put together. And I've seen where Paul Stevens is yeah. put together. And I kind of like the way Paul Stevens does it. Mm. I like, I, you know, I, I like the fact that he's been, he's been racing them. He's had it. He's been, he's been like his story appeals. And that's kind of part of what you get. Yeah. I like their attention to detail. I like the way it looks. The car I had was a kind of quite early prototype of the Le Mans classic. Mm. And, you know, there were a few wobbly bits and he was like, no, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. But, you know, you've badgered us for so long. Yeah that actually, yeah, we'll, we'll just give you the car if you'll go away. So we went and played for a day. Uh, it, was, it was a mega, mega bit of kit. It was so good. Uh, they're, on, they're on my list of people to harass, oh, to let me go and drive a car and have a look around. And I w- I'd like to get definitely worth all doing. On, the, uh, on the podcast. Definitely, definitely worth doing. Like, he's a really sound guy. Like, when you go into, the, into a showroom, it's, just, it's all mm. Porsche all the time. He's yeah. obsessed, and it's beautiful to see. I'm, in my personal sort of car headspace journey at the moment i'm yeah. going through this thing of, i i have a backdated 911 i don't know yeah, if you've yeah. seen it um it's by auto farm mm. i did a track day recently in it and it's my first track day in that car. any old 911 and, yeah and also that car and i came out of it and sort of thought ah it was it's really fun really good but i potentially think that car has too much grip now at the moment, it's on some reasonably sticky tyres. Change the tyres then. And loads of cars. And I wondered if that Paul Stevens and generally things like the Singers and stuff like that, the way people are going with the older cars is they're putting bigger, wider tyres on all these things. Well, if you think about how a proper classic 911 handles when someone drives it like a modern car, hmm. they tend to get a little bit spinny. Yeah, but that, that. But yeah, no. That, so that, I think this is where my evolution is. I'm like, but, I would like to try something that's a bit trickier it's, it's, and a bit more sideways. But that that's entirely possible. When you think about the the average person who goes, I'm going to buy this car. Oh yeah. Actually, if they say it's got loads of grip, this oh, it's got so much grip. You know, um, and understeers a little bit. Understeers. Perfect. It's absolutely fine. Uh, Steve, Stevens himself took me out in it in the morning and went, mm. "This is how it can actually <laughs> drive." He's a proper race driver, and I I, I will never claim to be a, a helmsman and I can get around a track but you must have done quite a lot of driving by now yeah yeah quite a lot but I'm not you know Harris all skids yeah, yeah, and what yeah. have you but he was like this is this is how you do this and I was looking at the speeder thinking good god how fast are we going this <laughs> yeah. is magic and he was he was flinging it round and it was it was all kinds of mega and I got into it and I, I, I got it but I can also see why this you know it has grip for a reason you know it's mm. it's lighter it's got more power the need, the balance needs to be redressed somewhere. But that said, if you want one with less grip, someone will build you one with less grip. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's just that it's going through all these things. Like I've, I've driven. One of the things I get to do is I have a radical nice. SR3, and um, so that will do like two and a half G. I, I thought Silverson. I like wonky British cars. Good lord! Um, <laughs> but so that's one end of the spectrum. And then I also went and did a, a 24-hour race in a Citroen C1. Oh, man, I'm so jealous of it that. Was sick. It was sick. It was so much fun. And 
I've had way more fun in a C1 than I have in any other race car racing anyone else. Yeah. Just because so many people, the speeds are kind of a lot lower. Yeah. If and, there's an accident, there's you'll be okay. Grip, so you just, the car's sideways like the entire time. It was just wicked. It's just hands down. If anyone has the opportunity to go and do that, do it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't blame you. I, I'm, I'm well jealous. On, on the topic of Porsches. Yield. Where we're slightly sort of running I, I, out of I, time I, a little bit. I, I don't have to edit um, it, man. You, you filly boots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I edited podcasts you, for like three um, years, so I, I, I know what trouble you're getting yourself into. Oh, it's, I just, they're just really long. That's all oh, okay, oh, that's all right then. Um, you've driven, have you driven a 992? Yes, I drove one recently to uh, Leipzig and back in three days. What did you think? I haven't driven one yet. So... I really got on with it, but it, so when the 991 came out, the big criticism was it's a GT car. Yeah. It's not a racing car. It's not a, a sports car. And I was chatting with a dealer who specializes in classic Porsches. And he was saying, Oh, I had one customer came in part X to 997 for a 991 went out within, you know, two miles. He was back and wanted his old car back. It, it was too much like an Audi. Yeah. It was too much. It was, it was too, too big and too heavy and, and too cruisy. And you know what? For me, for the kind of driving I do, I don't care. Yeah, it's like it's horses for courses. It's got it's got the shape. The engine's in the correct place. It sounds good. It's qu- I'm fine with it being a GT yeah. car. And if you want to drive it like an absolute arsehole, you can, and it'll do it because Porsche would not let those things out the factory if they didn't feel right. Yeah. But no, I drove nine two. I drove to Leipzig back for, uh, for a feature for a paper. And I did a little bit of country road mucking about. I did a lot of motorway. You know, it will do high-speed autobahn runs, um, but it would also do sitting on the motorway cruising at 130 miles an hour and not worry. Yeah. Like, it'll just do it. It's, 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 a, it's a mega bit of kit. I mean, I'd like to have a play with one on a circuit. I'd like to, have, I'd like to kind of have a reason to go playing in the, in the countryside. Mm. The one thing I will say about it, though, is it's massive. It is. It's enormous. Like it's so I, I had to take it on the on the Euro Tunnel, and I got there and I was like, I need to go on the wide carriage. Oh in, yeah. In a nine nine seven, you wouldn't have to. Yeah, you would. No, no, you wouldn't. Maybe not yours. Maybe like a, a you know a, an old it's Carrera like a one. Yeah, yeah like a, a a narrow body. But you know you wouldn't you wouldn't be quite as worried. But it is big and it yeah. feels big. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, I, I, th- I think I think it's a good car. I'm looking forward to driving one. Mm. And in in my eyes, I've always looked at the the normal Carrera or the Carrera S as the car that people use more often mm. and less. Yes, sporty, but they've evolved into a GT car. Yeah, that can do everything. Yeah, and. If you want to go and buy a 997 GTS or GT3 Which or is, whatever. GCS is my, I, that's on my list. Then I'd you can always go and buy one of them. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing about the, 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 the 911 Evolution and Porsche, I did, a, I did a, a film on it last year. The thing is, Porsche doesn't really owe you anything. So all the people I going, oh, I, I, I really want this. Why isn't it like this? Why isn't it like that? It's like the people complaining. It's the same like t- today's news. But for, for Frankfurt's happening. The Defenders come out. Yeah. Right. All this the people going, oh, I really love my 1982 Defender. Brilliant. You love it. You fix it up. You cherish that. But right now there's a new product 
that won't turn into an accordion if you crash, that will be comfortable on the motorway and easy to drive for the people that actually want to do it. It will do all the Explorer stuff. Oh, but you can't hose down the interior. No, but it's not for you anymore. That's the thing. Like the market's moved on. The Defender's moved on. Yeah, it's what, 45 grand to start. Who cares? If, 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 if you're loudly saying it's not for you, it's not for you. Congratulations. You'll you've, probably you've, have already gone and bought a Toyota Hilux. Yeah, you've, 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 re- <laughs> you've, you've recognised that the market has changed. Good on you. But no, the, the, thing, the thing with, with Porsche um, and, no, and 9-11 in particular is that when the people who were buying them now were kids and they really wanted a, a 9-11, they wanted that raw sports car experience, mm. but they couldn't afford it. Or at least this is my theory. They couldn't afford it. And then as they've gotten older, they still want that raw Porsche experience. They want the engine in the wrong place. They want the power. They want the prowess. They want the badge. Heritage. But they also don't want to sit in traffic rowing their own gears with a really long clutch and a really kind of quite long throw. They, 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 they want the quick gearbox and they want it to be comfortable and they want it to be that car. And so it's evolved to match the people buying it, like yeah. the majority of people buying it. And if you bear in mind, 911 isn't actually the company's biggest seller by a long shot. No. That's the McCann. Yeah. So, you know, the typical Porsche buyer likes it, likes their cars upright and squidgy. Yeah. Comfy with a Porsche badge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, and there, there will be the GTS, there will be the GT3, GT3 RS, GT2. They're, those will all come. Like as, as soon as day turns to night, there's going to be a fast 992 yeah. that will tick all those boxes. And the people that really, really want that can have it. Yeah. But yeah, I think as, as a soft, as, as a, as a soft squidgy thing, it was ace playing with it on a few country roads as a slightly harder edged thing. It was also ace. It was quick and it felt big and I could fit a lot of stuff in it. And you know what? After 1200 miles in 36 hours, I going. got out of it and didn't hate myself. What you've said is exactly true. Like even I know myself, like I love really raw cars, Yeah, but I also don't want to drive really raw cars all the time. No. And it's it's a problem I've the sort of situation I'm finding with my G three R S is it's an it's I think it's one of the best cars of all time. Oh it's it's a nine oh seven G three R S. But I don't drive it. Staggering car. Because it's faff. It's faff and it's not as practical and all this sort of other rubbish. It's the reason I sold my Lotus Elise. I dreamed about that car. Age twelve, I saw it in the back of a video games magazine. This is when this is pre kind of Amazon and online shopping being easy. And so video games used to be sold in big lists in the back of Max mm. and uh, from these like weird wholesalers that are probably just warehouses yeah. in Essex <laughs> next to next to some porn uh, warehouse. And at the bottom of one of these shops was a picture of a yellow sports car. And I asked my dad, what's that? And he went, it's a Lotus Elise. And I said, right, when I'm 25, I'm having one of those. Started saving, did a thing, 25 rolls round, found the one I wanted. It was a yellow S2 111R, stunning thing. I kept it for eight years, but it was when, you know, I hit my, hit my thirties and went, you know what? I'm not driving. I just wasn't driving enough because I didn't want to. It's not, I didn't have opportunity to. It's like, okay, well, I I need to, I need to go to Sainsbury's. Well, but there's a closer, smaller supermarket and I can, I can do that. Well, I need to drive there. Well, I I don't really need to, you know, I left it on my mum's drive for like three months. When I got back, it was covered in spider's eggs. I was like, this is disgusting. And I just realised it was because it was, it was effort. I'd get to the end of like a 70 mile drive, having done a big bit of motorway and then slog through London. 70 miles isn't far. Mm. And the, the Elise is, you know, that 
particular spec, it's not too hard riding. I mean, speed bumps are its uh, speed bumps piles are its worst nightmare. But I just when I got to the other end, I sit in the car and just have to catch my breath and gather myself a little bit before I crawled out of it. And I just I ended up it ended up not working for me, so I had to get rid. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I I get it. It's weird. It's a really weird. And I know a few people that are in a similar situation where they've owned a car they absolutely love, and then you just look at it and go, "I don't drive it." Yeah, I don't drive this anymore. You should just get rid of it. I I, I can't do it. It's sort of... Anyway, as you mentioned earlier, we've Mm. got a new Defender. So let's move on to... I'll just do a couple because I'm aware of... I've been chatting nonsense for far too long. Um, Sorry. Sorry, listeners. news-related items. So obviously we've had the new Defender, which I think we've sort of covered, really. We both agree. It's hot. People are going to buy it. People are going to hate it. People on the internet are terrible. People on the internet who moan about things either aren't going to buy it or are going to complain about an aspect of it that they don't like because when they buy one used, they won't be able to have it. This yeah. is similar with the manual automatic gearbox debate. The people on the internet who moan about manual cars, not all cars not being manual anymore. Are not buying them. They aren't buying Well, one, they're, they're irritated because they can't, they, 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 they can't have ones like, why are Ferraris manual anymore? Well, yeah. because the people who bought them weren't most of their customers specking are 55 them. and above and yeah, they weren't expect them. them the machines are quicker but they're also cross because in 20 years time when they could actually afford yeah. one it's not going to be an option they for won't them. exist and i i hate that mindset that whole kind of how dare how dare technology move on and times change i liked it in the olden days like well congratulations if you want the old stuff buy the old stuff i do like that i, I feel sad that you can't buy a manual v12 right now or like that sort of stuff like okay yes you sort of could go to cosworth and get an engine and whatever but yeah they don't really exist but i totally see how the market works and but the thing is would you would you actually want a modern manual v12 they are so much quicker now they're so much more powerful so much less manageable you know, half uh, look, what some of the ones you, you do get, the torque has to be managed in the lower gears, otherwise you'll just destroy the rear tires. So you have this that whole could be fun. It could be fun, <laughs> and it would be fun until you get through like your eighteenth set of rears and clutch. Yeah, and clutch and all this, and you just think, hang on, I've th- this is a, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. The machine can do it quicker, it can do it more efficiently, and it in the end is cheaper for you and like because you'll get people turning up going clutch only lost a thousand miles is rubbish never buying another car again yeah. it's like well you were driving like a wazuk what did you expect <laughs> like i think I, I again it's one of those things where it had its place like old lambo v12s with a stick shift you know it was the power was more easy to manage yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was less torque higher up. not 800 horsepower yeah 400 horsepower not 800 horsepower Makes 800 sense. horsepower is a lot of power it is a lot it's just the world has gone completely bonkers. And as we've just talked about, you can have 335 horsepower if the car weighs a, a ton. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, obviously, Porsche brought out the manual GT3 again. Yeah. Oh, so good. It's just so good. It's so just good. so good. And but that's what, for that's 500 horsepower. And that's 500. And that's a really good amount of power in that car. But they didn't let you have a manual in the RS though. No, and because it's quicker. And yeah, when I I, I got to drive my my GT three and yeah. a, a new nine nine one whatever two manual mm. on track at Anglesey recently, yeah. back to back, and drove them both. I'm like, they're both bloody good. 
Now, would it matter to me one bit if I was driving a PDK car? And the answer was no. no. Like it, when you're driving on, if you're trying to drive on the edge mm. or fast, faster is faster. Like it doesn't, being able to row your own gears doesn't make that much difference. Equally, I would happily be in a car, in a 20 year old Cayman S yeah. manual, whatever, like doesn't. And that would be the best thing in the world. Any car, any car on track. And ideally, if you're not paying for it or res- responsible for it, <laughs> is the best car on track. Well, yes. And if you're into take, buying a Porsche to take it on track, the one you really want is the latest GT3 RS. Yes. That's the best one. That that, that will be the best one. The, the, the GT2 will probably try to eat you. The GT3 RS is the one that the purists go for, and that's absolutely fine. But that's the one that's built, and they go, this is the fastest. Yeah. Oh, but can I go faster? No, this is the fastest. And also, the best at driving. <laughs> yes. right. We know better than it does you. does the corners better. Um, Baz, age 36, <laughs> from, uh, from Preston. We've been doing this a bit longer than you have. Trust me. So along with that, we've talked about V12s, but we've got the, the new Ferrari 812 GTS. Yeah. Which sort of is what it is. Unbelievably expensive. Not sold out. Oh, has it not? That's it, interesting. It, it, I'm sure it will sell out, but they said it was sold out, but I've spoken to quite a few people who have been offered slots oh, really? from multiple dealers in the last week. Now, here's, 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 here's the thing. I'm getting massive Ferrari fatigue. Mm. with Because how many models in the last year? They're doing this is the same as McLaren, or McLaren are doing the same as Ferrari. Ferrari have done it for a long time. McLaren are doing similar. Yeah, McLaren, McLaren is going nuts, but I just begin to get this the most special Ferrari, and this the 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 the, the brand image of well, it's it's a Ferrari. It's obviously the yeah. best. And he's like, well, hang on, they released what two convertibles this week? Yes, and I'm like, okay, so which is the most special convertible? Which is like how 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 is this working? I I I don't get it, and it's. Be- beginning to become irritating (laughs) i think i'm definitely going off all expensive fancy cars is it Uh, because they're too powerful too expensive uh, and they're all beginning to enjoy the smell of their own farts a bit yeah and they're just like too powerful and whatever yeah the you know and with you're saying like with the the f8 and all that stuff it's basically 458 mark 3 like guys just replace the car or don't 458 was such a good car but just incredible I do like the idea of the 812 GTS, ignoring any of it. And yeah. someday that car might be like a hundred grand. <laughs> someday, maybe. What's it retailing for at the moment? We reckon listed as a spec up car is probably 370. Wow. But what they've done for the first time in a long time is made a production V12 that the roof comes down. So they haven't was, done that for a while. What was the Super America? That was limited edition. Oh, Super right. Super America was like five See, cars. The, the, this is where I get confused because whenever I see Ferrari news, I do tend to sort of hear, you know, you know the noise that the teacher yeah. made in Snoopy? <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I kind of get a bit of that at the moment. I, it's, it's, it's just a, a, a little bit of Ferrari-based ennui, which is something I never thought I'd say. <laughs> but they are, so basically, if you want an 812 GTS and you yeah. go into a dealership, there is a moderate... A high chance that you might be that you can buy one. Well, which, that's that's pretty fantastic if you if cool. you really want one. I mean, yeah, I, well, for, for Ferrari hasn't been doing it for me for a while. 
just I, I don't know why, but I think I I think it is the they're they're just getting too fast and they're getting too. I think it's it's the exclusivity and it's the fact that I think all I think all of the the top end brands are getting this. It's like there used to be things to aspire to, and now with a lot of the high end stuff, it's just becoming a club for the boys. Yeah, and like, it's getting so ridiculous now. I. I like that they make these things. I like yeah. that they exist. But like I'm n- haven't been interested in a modern Ferrari really since the Speciali. Mm, that's a good shout. I'm trying to think of a a modern supercar I would have. I want to have a go in the manual V8 Vantage. I think that would be good. Yeah. But is that is that the production of that is not out yet, is it? No. But they did make like 10. So what's happening is um, they're making 150 AMR versions for lots of money for lots of money. And then it'll become an option on the Regsy car. So I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, But currently I think 600 LT probably as, as as a car to drive. It's great. It spits fire. You know, Senna was impressive, but it's too big and too stupid, but it's, I I think, yeah, modern supercars, I think because everyone's got this, that the power race is happening still, it's going to keep going and keep going, keep going. What what I'm curious about is why did Ferrari, why is Ferrari now going, ah, oh, the first series open top Ferrari? Is it because there's a DBS Volante? Um, is it I because of a 720 Spider? I, I don't know why they haven't done it for a long time. I just don't get it. Well, you, they, pe- you say they think they can sell it, but apparently they haven't. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's only been out for two weeks yeah and it hasn't sold out but isn't that that's not like three years true which there's some this is other cars is... and they've sold thousands of them or something yeah but there's still slots to go yeah okay. but they will go okay all right i mean they may not but it doesn't matter but they're gonna make a bunch of them yeah so for the people out there with loads and loads and loads of money or whatever you can buy yeah. that car and then in seven years time might be able to afford one. Might be able to get one. Exactly. Excellent. And it'll, it might still be in warranty as well because they've got mega yeah, warranties will, on Ferraris. That is one thing Ferrari, I, I do rate. Yeah, the, 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 the warranty is, is pretty punchy. But I, I think with, um, I think the, the, the hypercar fatigue is, is happening. I think the, the interesting things at the moment are the lower power. And by lower power, I mean 300 and, and fewer. Like four, 400 horsepower in a hatchback is just insane. Yeah. And it's, it's asking for accidents, <laughs> but that said, I may, maybe I'm just turning into a grumpy old man or maybe I just need to, you know, have a little bit of a break and then come back and go like, I think oh, I get it now. When you get to drive loads of stuff all the time mm. or reasonably often, and they do become less special. All of these things have got silly fast. Yeah. I, 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 I I just think it's the, oh yeah, so in order to make this thing uh, possible, we've had to electronically limit it, otherwise it's undrivable. And yeah. we are getting to that it's undrivable stage. I mean, the Veyron had to have special tyres and they had to be yeah. fitted in a special way. You know, that was a numbers car. That was a stupid car. But it was a special car because it was the only 1,000 yeah. horsepower car. Then it was the only 1,200 horsepower car. But now we're looking at production Ferraris with thousand horsepower yeah and we're looking at aston martin coming out with cars with oh yeah around a thousand horsepower you just think 
What are you going to do with that? What? And it, this is this is sub sub a million pounds, you know, four or five hundred grand. You know, so in theory, in another, so what Veyron was uh, nearly twenty years ago now. Well, uh, no, it was, was, it? It was, it was, it was two thousand five, so it was still a long fourteen time, years yeah. ago. So in another fourteen years' time, a thousand horsepower, you know, you'll, there'll be an M three with a thousand horsepower. Yeah, but with, with an electric thousand horsepower, yeah. like the Pininfarina Batista's two thousand horsepower, yeah. the 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 Avaya two thousand horsepower, which is it's too much. Yeah, <laughs> physics physics at some point will have to step in and go, guys, I get it, but you're gonna cause a black hole if you spin any yeah. faster. Like this is ludicrous. Any day, I would take a manual car that weighed a thousand kilos. With a max of five hundred horsepower over any, yeah, and there, 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 there'll be an experience there rather yeah. than a look at me. I can literally drive this nowhere. <laughs> exactly. I, ju- I just can't do it. So the other another thing that happened this week on that topic is Bugatti doing the three hundred and four miles an hour in a Chiron. Yeah. A, 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 a prototype Chiron. A prototype Chiron, yes. So this is but the they bit have that... made some real Chiron 300-mile-an-hour cars. They are going to make them, mm. and I'm sure those cars will do whatever. Oh, they, they, they will do this. But it is kind of funny. One, the only people on the planet that have a space that you can do 300 miles an hour <laughs> is Bugatti. Yes. No one else is allowed to use it. No. So... I feel a little bit bad. Like, yes, okay, they've done it. It's super impressive. I mean, you can try it on the Bonneville Salt Flats, but, I suppose. <laughs> but you, you come across Koenigsegg, yeah. who I think 100% could do it. Yeah. Like, all of the speed records, you know, like you were saying about the Veyron tyres. Mm. The Veyron has to have crazy tyres because it's so heavy. Yeah. The Koenigseggs run like stock PS2 <laughs> cups or whatever. Pilots World Cup 2s, they are genuinely, they're like an off-the-shelf wheel. And yeah. that was their, the 178-mile-an-hour record they set in two directions. No, oh, hello. Here we go. Here we go. Was on a, basically a normal tyre. Yeah, well. Which is crazy because it weighs like a ton less. But ignoring that. The thing is, having, having just thoroughly dicked on hypercars and supercars being too powerful, I love this news. I love it so, so much. I've been waiting for it for so long just because everyone's talked about the the 300-mile-an-hour yeah, car. It's such a big one. It's Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the first production car to 200, as you well know, is the F40. Yeah. A staggering piece of engineering, especially for the era it came out in. Yeah. Absolutely mega, right? Um, 300 is but just 300 bonkers. is mental. And, you know, will we go faster than that? Did people think we'd go faster than 200 miles an hour? Probably. So someone probably went, mm, no, maybe 10 over. But now you can buy a cheap McLaren that'll do yeah. 204 miles an hour. So, you know, that that's become the norm. I somehow doubt 300 miles an hour is going to become the norm. Even Bugatti has said, we're going to stop doing this now. Yeah. It's getting silly. Reading the, I think it was an autocar article and... Who's the guy? Who's the guy that was driving the car? Uh, Andy Wallace. Andy Wallace, a hero, a man, great guy. Yeah. Some of the stuff he they had him saying in the article or quotes from him about the car at three hundred miles an hour. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, this is that was sketchy, (laughs) and that was Bugatti doing it, and we know. 
they yeah. put in a lot of stuff. And he was like, things like the, the gyroscopic effects of the wheels turning that fast starts to mess with the steering. <laughs> and like, he was like, there's a, there's a perfectly flat bit of this track. Yeah. But if you go over, over it over 250 miles an hour, it's yeah. not flat anymore. And the car comes <laughs> off the ground. And he's like, oh, yeah. So after the run number five, I sort of built up confidence to keep my foot flat through the jump, as they called it. <laughs> All this stuff. And you're like, I needed the human element yeah, of to, someone driving it. And I, th- I think if, if you're going to have a human element, Andy Wallace is the one to yeah. I, I got to spend a lovely couple of days with him a few years ago. He took me around a, a Grand Vitesse Super Mega Hypersport, the, mm. the world record breaking Veyron. Good times. Very good times. Very eye-opening two days. My definition of fast car changed forever. And he's such a charismatic man. And if you just met him in the street, you wouldn't kind of guess that, oh, he's one of the fastest men alive. And he's, he's got balls of steel. But then you, you, you talk to you kind of watch him do his thing and you go, oh, you're insane and I love you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so, like, yeah, as I say, having, having had a go at hypercars and it all getting a little bit silly, I'm glad this, this silliness has been ticked off. Yeah. One, if anything, it will shut the people from Keating up. <laughs> Have you heard about the Keating Bolt? No. Right, so here's, here's, here's something for, for you and your listeners to Google later. The Keating Bolt. Keating is this supercar company, hypercar company, that for many years has been promising it will bring out the X amount of mile an hour car. And they revealed a, a concept or a, or a pre-prod of the Bolt and it was so ropey. And they're like, yeah, this will do 300 miles an hour. And I was just thinking, not with anyone sane behind the wheel. It just, it looks, looks like a death trap. I don't, I don't, I think it's run. I don't know. There was a planned yeah. high speed run of it. But now, um, as, as, as I said on, on Twitter, when, when it happened, Bugatti has stopped doing it. They're going to be like, no, we're, 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 we're out We've of the high it. speed We've game. Done. We've done it. Um, but when it comes to the, biggest dick measuring contest the first to reach the milestone is the one that sticks and that's the one that matters yeah. which is why they could like the, the the guy who cracked 200 miles an hour the day after the f40 is like the guy who turned down the beatles so whoever does it yeah. next doesn't matter oh it's another 300 mile an hour car the 300 mile an hour record which was first broken by the bugatti chiron that's the that's the that's the headline koenigsegg have been like i don't know whether you saw after they did the article Bugatti put out a press release that mm. got reported on, which was, we could have gone faster if we'd done it in Nevada. And because <laughs> of the altitude and whatever. Right. And I read it and immediately you're like, guys, you're better than this. <laughs> Why did you release that? Just, Just knock you it did on it. the head. You've Don't won. talk about it. You, you came in first. There's no need to and give then, like the club mascot the finger. Koenigsegg's <laughs> response was, well, Go when on, they've then. done it in two directions Ooh. with a production car, then we'll worry about top beating our 178 that we did on like a back street. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just it's a tape fun. measure going a little bit longer and a little bit longer. Yeah. And eventually it's going to go. Burp. I love it. I love all the engineering. I love oh. the stories and I, I love the people that are pushing it. It's in production cars. That yeah. You know, they're going to make and like would do it every yeah. day of the week. It's pretty cool. It's, it's making, no, I, 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 I do love it. I just think the, the, the 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 ready ability of oh yeah so we've built this new car we're mm. going to make as many of them as you like yeah. and it'll do three thousand miles an hour and it's going to cost half a million pounds <laughs> just think all right i get it but then you get bugatti going we've built we're building like 10 of these and 
yeah, they're going to cost 4 million quid, but it's literally the fastest thing in the world. Yeah. Like yeah. on the planet today, this is the fastest. Yes. We win. So there. <laughs> <laughs> There's another, um, before we get towards the end, it, it, literally the same sort of topic. Uh, there's a guy called Eddie Hall. I don't really come across him. He was the first guy to deadlift 500 kilos. So he picked up off the ground 500 kilos. And that was just his testicles. Yeah, he's just literally... Good Lord. Unbelievable. Up until that point, no one had gone close, really. I think they'd done like 440. That's still a crazy amount of weight. That's a lot of weight. But I think the, the final jump from the previous one was like 40 kilos or whatever. Anyway, he did it and then was like, that's it. I've done it. I'm quitting. <laughs> yeah, I win. He's like, I've won. No, nope. <laughs> I don't give a shit if someone does 501. I'm the guy that did 500. half a ton. Yeah. It's like until the, someone does a ton, I'm still going to win. I'm still the guy. I'm still going to win. Yeah, like th- th- 310 now. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Until someone does 400. It's it's at that point though physics like we are oh it's mental physics we we, we are touching the limits of physics but in order to go faster you have to go to bloodhound levels of engineering and when you consider bloodhound's been in development what yeah. for the thick end of a decade and the amount of money and time and like literal world bending physics yeah. they need to do there there is a man right now at Hackskeen Pan picking off rocks bigger than your fist because if they hit that car it will fall over. Yeah. Like, that's insane. We're, 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 we're beyond the realms of, oh, go on, it'll be fun to, yeah. actually, this is, this is some quite serious, I mean, it's always been some quite serious engineering, some quite serious physics, but, you know, we've taken the understandings of thrust SSC and gone, eh, we'll do better. Let's do this in a production car. Let's just, <laughs> yeah, let's do it in a production car. So the, the, I want to be able to drive to the pub. The, the Bugatti Bloodhound. So I normally wrap up mm-hmm. these podcasts with five questions yes for the guest okay now, i have six written down here and i don't know why that's that's fine um, and it generally they're roughly the same five okay do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey uh yes uh lisbon to london in my three-wheeler it was and just the best two weeks that sounds great it was it was great took loads of pictures shot the whole thing on polaroid there's a feature coming That's out soon fun. yeah i it was uh my, my co-driver was an australian journalist uh, called noel faulkner who's who was a good sport for going mm. yeah all right let's do that <laughs> it'll be great and we yeah we, we had fun we made friends we got super drunk at various opportune moments we managed to so uh, through a, a bizarre coincidence, we were in Porto the same time as the Porto Photography Festival and the organiser's husband follows me on Twitter and went, okay. if you're in town, uh, it'd be great if you got involved. And so we turned up in this fly-spattered three-wheeler, knackered and dirty and tired. And they went, oh, follow us. We're going to take you to this bridge. And we blagged our way in front of um, Ponte Luis uh, II, which is a pedestrianised area. Mm. And these guys just walked up to these coppers and went, look, car's only in town for a day can we please just go behind and get this amazing thing we're we're with the Porsche photography festival it's also where all the coaches kick out for the port winery tours okay yeah so the moment we stopped it was just covered in people and the the snapper from Porsche photography festival was like alex can i get a picture of you in front of the car it's like yeah yeah sure so i stood there kind of posing and then all of a sudden, like the, the the people who were with me and Noel were like, you need to get out of the way. I was like, what? And I turned around and there was this tourist just shooing me out of the way <laughs> because his girlfriend was taking a phone picture. And I was like, 
Well, <laughs> thanks, mate. And so just I, I got back and I made a point of just putting the keys on the driver's yeah. seat and be like, yeah, that's mine. Um, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> it was petty, but fun. That's good. That's good. Five car garage. Oh, tough. So I like... There's no specifics, so it can be any value. The only caveat is it has to sort of fit into your life. Okay. Well, I like wonky British things, so we're going to go with wonky British things mostly. So a three-wheeler, an aero coupe, because it's one of my favourite cars mm. in the whole wide world. Look really cool. And Aston Vanquish with a manual conversion, because mm. I really like the Vanquish. And I was really nice car. very lucky to talk to Ian Callum about it the other week, and he's just a really lovely bloke. And I was like, no, I like it even more now. This yeah. is great. A B5 Audi RS4. Always been an Audi man. My late father was an Audi man, so mm. it kind of rubbed off on me. Yeah. He really wanted one. I drove one a while ago, fell in love with it. And, ooh, a late 90s TVR Tuscan in reflex purple, like the one off Swordfish. Oh, nice. Wonky and British, apart I'm, from one wonky German car. I'm impressed car. with how quickly you boshed that out. I spend a lot of time thinking about it. The thing is, okay. if you ask me next week... It'll be different. It'll be different. But yeah, the, the, the three-wheeler, I'm going like, to keep it forever anyway, so it may as well be there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like my cars wonky and British, or German, quite numb, but punishingly fast. Yeah. Yeah. And mega. Good. Good and if, if it wasn't the RS4, it'd be the last gen RS6, because that yeah. thing was just wicked. Yeah. Cool car. Okay. If you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, Oh, yeah, there's always these weird little caveats. You're allowed, like, an absolute snotter as, like, a to put luggage in if you okay. have to take stuff or okay. if you have kids or, I don't know. But, no, you see, I, I would I would have a last-gen RS6 for that because okay. it will always be big enough Yeah, and it will always be fast enough. Mm, definitely. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't handle as well as an E63, um, but for the kind of driving you're going to do on the day-to-day... Don't yeah. really care. It looks good with the performance exhaust. It sounds mega. I, I went. I'd say, I so I ran one as a long termer uh, for Carfection, and I took uh, a mate of mine to his stag doing it. And there were five of us crammed into mm. the car. We kind of picked people up all over London, and just where you go round Staples Corner and you join the M1, uh, we're heading up to Leeds, and it goes from thirty to fifty. So I kind of gently rolled up to fifty, and I was just idly saying, "So boys, do you know what this is?" And one of my mates. Because my friends aren't interested in cars at all. Yeah. My mate's like, oh, it's some Audi estate. And I went, ah, oh, glad you said that. And I just flipped the drive select dynamic. And it goes from 50 to 70. I went, yeah, it's quite quick. And went, oh, yeah, is it? Nailed it. <laughs> there was swearing. There was shouting. We got lost on the way. So we actually ended up playing on some on some fun roads. And then when we got to the stag dude, news that Alex had bought a silly car came. We had to drive people to this hovercrafting place. And so I had one carload on the way there and one carload on the way back. And it's it's it, it, it's a magic thing, and hopefully it will depreciate horribly, and I'll be able to buy one. I did try to buy one when I was looking for my Aston. I kind yeah. of had a had a set budget in mind, and there was one that was the same price ish mm. as the Aston. And where I live in London, occasionally goes on fire. And even though I've, I've kind of, I'm lucky enough, I've got off road gated parking. Still, fires happen, and the insurers wanted five grand to insure it. Oh. Mm. No thanks. Yeah, no tar. No, the Aston, way less than that. Yeah. Actually, at a, at a strangely low amount. But yeah, for a, that is a really weird when you really break down into cars that are really expensive to insure. Yeah, is 
It's a crazy world. I think it's because people steal the seats from them and they're really fast. But I, I, I don't get it. This sort of thing seems to be becoming a massive trend at the moment. People stealing like half a car when it's parked. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it courses or Astras that get just picked to bits? Yeah, well, like, what did I see? Like, it was like a reasonably new Range Rover got done. It was at some festival recently and they literally just like chonked half a car. I don't understand it, but I, you've got to admire their moxie. Okay. Next question. What is the best value car that you can think of at the moment? Ooh, as a day-to-day fast thing, can, can I have a few? Because there are, there are different categories. Because the, the single best value new car you can buy today is probably a Dacia Duster. Okay. Because that'll do everything. Yeah. With my journalism hat on. Yeah. You can okay. fit family and stuff and things in it and it bounces around like an old Defender. And it's actually really, really, really good. But if you want a value car to play in, yeah. if you have a family, a Golf R. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I'd probably say an Alpine A110. I still haven't driven one. Really good. I, I'm on the, the uh, or at least I was this year, I don't know about next year yet. I'm on the kind of judges panel for UK car of the year and I hadn't driven okay. one up to that point. So I went up to Caffeine and Machine. There were two cars I wanted to drive, a Suzuki Jimny and an Alpine A110. Like the rest, like I, you know, I'd, I'd either experienced or, or, yeah. or driven before. And uh, the Jimny I got within 30 seconds. It's dreadful. It's awful, but I want one. Mm-hmm. Like I want well, I want it in Stabilo kind of Highlighter Yellow and I just want to bang around town. It'll be mega. And then the Alpine, it uh, yeah, drove out of Caffeine Machine Within 30 seconds, I got it. There's a little bit too much plastic in it for a £50,000 car, which got me in a lot of trouble on Twitter by Hmm. people who own them already and someone whose watch brand I will never be buying again. But I think it's a mega, mega thing. And what you can do to them, uh, there's a guy on Instagram, I think it's A110Life. It's a chap called David Pook, um, who used to work for JLR and now he's set up on his Hmm. own and he's developing his own bits suspension oh, nice. set up for the a110 and by all accounts it is mega cool so there you go there's there's three value cars there's the there's the small cheap and literally cheerful uh family car there's a golf r um and if you want to go a little bit smaller than a golf r fiesta st because that thing is mega uh or an alpine a110 Boom. that is a perfect journalist answer to that question Thank oh yeah you see what happens is people people come up to me and go so what car should i buy and yeah, you, yeah. you you get you, so you get their thing categories yeah but here's here's what happens so they, they say right well I've, I've got kids and I've, I've got this and i've got that and i want something that's not too expensive to run it's got this toy and that toy and you go what you need is a golf you need the golfiest mm. golf you can golf and they go oh brilliant thanks man really appreciate it and then they buy a cash guy yeah <laughs> so it doesn't matter what i say it's going to be a cash guy or something like that <laughs> The final question, what is the most interesting car for you at the moment? Like if you, you might be Googling or just like saw in the news, like, oh, that's quite cool. Or whatever. Ooh, what is the most interesting like car? classified or whatever. Just trying to think. You know what? You know what it is? It's that Callum Vanquish 25 or so the, the Aston Martin Vanquish 25 by Callum. Went to see it. I went to see it. I think that's why I find it so fascinating because I feel... No, I I I like my wonky British cars. Actually, no, scratch that. That's you know, it's it's interesting, but it's not as interesting as the VW ID three. Mm. This has just been launched at the Frankfurt Motor Show. Yeah. It's very clearly going to be a body shell 
and underpinning that's going to be shared around the VW group. I'm not sure yeah. whether Audi will get one, but Seat's Elborn, someone was posting on Twitter today going, these are pretty much the same guys. Yeah. I think if they pull it off, it will be a serious watershed moment for the automotive industry. Tesla's done, Tesla's done its job. It's made electric cars aspirational and it's shown that they can work. But for the thick end of a hundred grand, not everyone can do that. You need people like VW and Honda with its E thing to show up and go, actually electric cars can sort of be affordable because Honda Renault's done it with the Zoe, but you have to rent the batteries. It's not an all in one package, but with VW taking this approach and making this happen, it means that, you know, feasibly one day a kid's first car could be a used ID, which is a strange thing because the IDs bought today in five or 10 years, you know, there might be someone listening to this now who'll be handed down their mum's yeah. ID when it's their turn God to God knows drive. what happened to the batteries and stuff at that point in time. Now, I've been thinking about this because, yeah, I, uh, I said earlier, the other week I drove, uh, uh, I did a road trip in Audi e-tron and we had a man from Audi in the car mm. with us. We were driving through 10 countries in 24 hours, or at least that was the plan. You can read the article on Drive Tribe if you'd like to find <laughs> out whether, uh, whether or not we made it. And we were kind of idly talking in the small hours of the morning about Oh yeah, but what about battery degradation over time? You know, mm. that, you know that's going to be a real issue. How many times have you bought an old car and asked the manufacturer, okay, how much power should this have lost by now? Because it's essentially the same thing. You don't buy a, 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 a an old Lancia or or an it's old not, Fiat and go, quite, how much power has it lost? Not quite the same question though, it, because I, it's kind of like saying. If you compare that number to the fuel tank size. It's, it is it is an equivalence, though, because someone sells you, oh, yeah, well, this car has X number of horsepower. This car has X number of miles. If it works for you, it works. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's going to be as big an issue anyway. I, don't, I just don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I, I don't know what happens. Eventually, these batteries die. Yeah, eventually it will. And it will be... Well, by then it might be quite cheap to replace them. So, don't know. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think. Yes, battery degradation is a problem, but then again, so is engine degradation. Yeah, it's it's something that someone pointed out when. Admittedly, so when the, you can do an engine rebuild, and doing a battery rebuild is tricky, but not impossible. Yeah, it's, it's something that w- will come across in mm. due course when the. Taycan Turbo and Turbo S, worst name <laughs> of the year ever. Oh, yeah. Um, I understand why they did it. I don't I, agree with it. I totally get it. Yeah. For the people that may spend whatever it is, 150 grand on one. Yeah. Having Turbo S in the name fits with the Porsche brand, blah, blah, blah. But when they first came out, there was a whole bunch of people just slamming the specs of a Tesla S, Model S, yeah. against the Taycan and going, well, this is slower and less range and blah, 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 blah. And then there's a guy called Marcus Brownlee who does tech reviews yeah, yeah. in the States. And I saw a video by him talking about it. And he was like, there was a lot of stuff in the Taycan that Tesla don't think about. And yeah. there's a lot of that is the reason why its range won't be as good or whatever. But it's things like the way they've thought about managing battery life. Like they don't allow you to use 100% of the battery because if you use 100% of the battery, it will kill it. It will kill it very quickly. Mm. 
and they have things like they cool the motors so they don't overheat so that you can use the performance blah 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 and there was just loads of things that you go hmm yeah i can see why porsche would be better at this at building say cars than tesla this this is the thing and i i i was following it as as it went out i thought this is this is super exciting you know a a high-end luxury battery electric vehicle that normal-ish people can buy you know it is actually a tesla model s competitor um even though people say it isn't yeah because the type of people who are going to buy the Taycan probably already have a tesla and they'll be looking to upgrade or it. We're or, looking at them. Or we're looking at a Tesla. They will prefer the badge. They won't care about the price because at that price point, money really doesn't matter. If you're saving up for a £150,000 car... That, that statement's just not true. Really? Yeah. Well, at that price point, money doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not true. Okay. See, I, I, see, I, I, was th- I, I, would, I would say that if you're looking to spend hundred fifty grand on an electric car... Then, or on a car like that, then why would it be an issue? No, if my point would be, if you're looking to spend, let's say, a hundred grand, yeah, that doesn't mean you're going to you could spend one hundred and fifty grand. Or if you're looking at a hundred and fifty grand car, that doesn't mean you can spend two hundred fifty grand on a car. Okay, I'll take that. I do. I do think a lot of people do have that view when yeah. they look at people and they go, "Oh, well, you were going to buy a whatever so why not ferrari do 360 why yeah. didn't you buy an 812 fast? Oh, like right. same same well no? yeah okay but like you know i know I, I see a point i'll take you on that even so but yes i do agree there will be a certain bunch of people who are picking gonna, the top they're I picking the top of the market one. yeah they want the top electric car and they're like i like electric cars i want to do some you know get part of this blah blah blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. and they would shop between the two and what's going to look what's going to be more exciting in the golf club is it going to be well, the wherever, old Tesla yeah. with the weird interior that's with bits of trim that aren't that great? Or is it going to be the shiny new Porsche? Hmm. It's not. But the thing is, there will still be the Tesla hardcore. And, I, 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 and they are scary. They are genuinely scary people. Like some of them. But they are fanatic. Like your Morgan owners are fanatic. Like yes, Lotus they are. owners are fanatic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. But they don't. Yeah. Morgan owners. Don't get quite as shouty on the internet. Because they might not have an internet. <laughs> they, they don't have an internet. <laughs> there, there, there is no internet there. Um, but no, yeah, uh, the Tesla fanatics are quite scary and very, very vocal. But I, I, I think that it will be a, um, an interesting one. I think it will steal sales from Tesla. An interesting point on the on the, the cash side of things, I was talking with a journalist based in the Netherlands and he was like, for them over there where BEVs are massive, mm. people are, aren't spending the 70 grand or the 80 grand or whatever. They're actually specking these things up. So they are kind of 100, 110, 120. So the price difference isn't as big, but that's for them, not for us. Yeah. If you're in the Netherlands, if, mm. if you want to buy, if Porsche make an all electric car, yeah. you take on Turbo S and it's uh it's just it's one hundred eighty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for them that will be one hundred eighty thousand dollars, or it may be one hundred fifty thousand dollars because they get a bit of a rebate. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to buy a Panamera Turbo SE Hybrid for one hundred eighty thousand dollars, that would be like five hundred grand. Ooh, punchy. So which is why Porsche is going to do really quite well out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think it's probably about time to wrap it up. Huzzah! Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. Sorry if I've 
you know chanted on about too much rubbish. No, I think it's been it's been great, and thanks for sort of like opening up. So oh, that's bit, right. Yeah. As uh, well as as I say, if anyone does want to talk about that kind of stuff, um, I'm findable on Twitter and will happily have a natter. And if anyone needs any actual advice from actual people, I can point you in the right direction towards them. But I won't say like, well, I think, I think you've got this wrong with you, because <laughs> that's irresponsible and wrong. But no, talking about that kind of stuff is important, almost as important as talking about cars. Yeah. So thank you. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.